Hello and welcome to episode 242 of the Crate and Crowbar. It is the 14th of June 2018. My name is Chris Thurston and tonight I'm joined by Philippa War. Hello. And Alex Wiltshire. Good evening. We've spent weeks. All day. Weeks. 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 Weeks thinking it was a week away from E3. Did we? Yeah, I did. Um, and leverage that into, into interminable news. So I'm uh, looking segments. forward to E3. What, what, what are the, what, <laughs> what, what are you looking forward? What, what announcements are you looking forward to? And then in the end, Alex, I didn't, I didn't watch E3 at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. No, cause E3 has been going on for seven years now. Has yeah. it not? Like it's barely, you know, without a break, we've not paused. It's just been conference after conference. No one slept. No Indeed. one's had any. We've Respite. had the Koch, the Koch conference, the Deep yeah. Silver conference. <laughs> the Devolver conference that actually did happen. That did actually happen. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, no, but also, yeah. Well, what I'm basically getting at is that uh, we went through this sort of long thing of like, oh, well, there's no news, is there? Because they're all saving it for E3. And then there was a lot from E3. They, they, they announced a lot of computer games. So many, in fact, that I just sort of gave up. There's hundreds, hundreds. There's like too many. so many numbers. There were yeah. fours, there were fives. Don't have, don't think there were any. There were a lot, there were sometimes like it two different like kinds of fives. It was you can eat trailer buffet. Yeah. And I just sort of ran out of, it, I, I can't. I just, <laughs> <laughs> it was like being bamboozled by, you know, like they just brought out a tray of shrimp and you're like, but what? I haven't, I didn't factor shrimp in. I've, in I, what I, way is it like that? I don't, I don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, no. You can't tell me you haven't done this. You know, when you're like at an event that maybe has canapes yeah. or for example, an order yeah. of some, you know, a menu of some description. <laughs> Why am I talking like this? I don't know. Anyway. Um, but you sort of like you do a little first round scoping out the situation mm. maybe you know check for duplicate waiters carrying duplicate items right yeah i never do this what you want is the little what you want <laughs> this is, is something so, i don't do it's no, the little cheese you, pastry but you don't right. want to be seen to be going back to the cheese well, pastry well but also you know you sort of you let them do a little bit of ebbing and flowing and then you get a feel for you know how how many distinct hors d'oeuvres there might be it feels like based on repetition over time like a, <laughs> scoping out a hitman party and figuring out guard rotations I, right. I love your attempts to make this relevant to e3 <laughs> <laughs> but then you know suddenly someone comes out with something that you'd never seen before and that wasn't duplicate and you hadn't factored in because you were like okay i'll have but three of these and then i'll wait for that guy the factoring and, like, it's yeah it's like you didn't you didn't thing. realize there was going to be a round of little pies you, but thought, you just have a pie so you have no, the cheap right. puffs then okay, so maybe pie. putting it in language that you would understand, it would be like someone springing a surprise dessert on you. I just so think feel you'd like had, you'd had I'll like the a whole well. dinner, and then someone's like, "And now here is your dessert." And you didn't know it was you know coming, what? and you, you know, hadn't made room. Can I? Can I? I don't want to correct the analogy here, but <laughs> it's a bit like you've had your mains, right? <laughs> you've had your pudding, yeah. Then the mains come back. Oh, there's yeah. actually a very, very good um, John Shuttleworth uh, song. John Shuttleworth uh, is a comedian, kind of comedian, <laughs> who, who does sort of oh. songs on a little kind of synthesizer. Uh, and it's called "I Can't Go Back to Savory Now," and it's a quite, yes! a, it's quite a soulful song about uh, a man a, having dinner with his family. <laughs> I think. But how does he manage the cheese course? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not in there. It's uh, not in there. 
Interesting. So I, I, I'm going to step into my role here as like a wrangler, wrangler, topic wrangler. I know exactly what you mean. Thank in you. the this E3, I think was the one for me where I was like, oh, it's the same things again. Mm. Back to sleep for another year, <laughs> and 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 we will have a summer or whatever it's uh, whatever the plot of Groundhog Day is. Um, then uh, winter will end is the thing, actually. What am I talking about now? Anyway. That's not the plot of that film. The plot of that film is everything's happening again and again. I know, but the specific, <laughs> the Groundhog. Yeah. Is is that Oh, I know what Groundhog is. Is the Groundhog the games or is it the... Is, it, is Groundhog the, the EA? It's the... It's, it's coming from inside the industry. <laughs> inside the Warren. <laughs> the Groundhog is coming from inside the Warren. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> Do Groundhogs exactly live in Warrens? I don't know. And I'm so desperate to get this back to E3. <laughs> Look, I was expecting a certain amount of trailers, a certain amount of new games, and a certain amount of announcements that were passing themselves off as exciting and mm. really, really You well, gave one right? sheet of paper to this and you fit, assumed, ran out of lines. I assumed that there would be, you know, a, a certain distribution of content and I was uh, flummoxed. <laughs> so I... Uh, wanted to approach E3 this year in a slightly different way because I think in previous years on the pod we've we've kind of we really have gone through it blow by blow and like gone by conference by conference mm-hmm. and I realized I don't really have much to say about a lot of even entire conference lineups like everything Bethesda announced I'm glad exists yeah but I have nothing else to say about it other than that. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's because you Six, know almost nothing about them. You know nothing but also in some ways like everything does that make sense? <laughs> it's like Elder, oh, it's that. Elder Scrolls Six. Oh, yeah, it's that. It's they, that. You, you've shown us a, a mountain, Todd. That's that's. I think we might better go up to yeah. it. Yeah, we could talk for Maybe ten minutes about well. oh, what part of the what part of the uh, the world is it set in? <laughs> Tom oh. in our Tom in our <laughs> chat suggested that it might be set in, in High Rock because those rocks looked high. pretty high, uh, Todd. Uh, and, um, but you know who cares? So and then uh, there's like uh, Wolfenstein, the Wolfenstein Youngblood the co-op game starring B.J. Baskerville's tw- daughters in the 1980s. I wrote those two down. That, that looks really good. But I have nothing to say about it. What do you have to say about it? I liked the idea that you would play co-op as two twin daughters. That seemed nice. It does seem nice. That's nice. all I have to say about exactly, it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Doom Eternal. Great. Yep. I liked it's on Earth. Doom a lot. The new Doom. That was great. Uh, on Earth. Is it? Okay. I mean, yeah. it is just an interactive metal album cover, right? It is, and yeah. that's absolutely yeah. fine. And Great. that's brilliant. Great. Thanks, Mick. I like Doom. Yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, what else did they talk about? Uh, ooh, Fallout 76. All right. Yeah. yeah. I like... Okay, so... The I feel like we can do our I noise like, rating system for everything. Uh, <laughs> the thing that I really liked about Fallout 76 is that it then reminded me to look up the Mothman. Mm. Cause it's and got, you don't like, want to forget to look up the Mothman, or he will find you. <laughs> Well, no, because like the, the the most interesting thing there is that they were talking uh, that someone mentioned at some point. I don't know; it's all melded into one thing um, that it would involve West Virginian folklore specifically, mm. and so that. And I just spent a lot of time on Wikipedia pages about cryptids and Indeed. ghosts. <laughs> yeah, so, it's a rich know. source of the creepiest creepy pasta. Mm. But yeah, Mothman. Mm. 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 Why not? Um, and why not? Uh, let's see what else happened. Because uh, what we know. Well, what do, I, should we? Should we? Should we just Dang, sort of pick your out a game? It's in my head. I think we need should to we just pick out a game each. And well, this is the thing. Like this, is what I think we should do. I think we should rattle through things we actually jumped out to us. Yeah. 
from this E3 from any any anywhere, yeah. including the Mothman. So we're not going to be we're not going to be exhaustive here. We're no. not going to be exhaustive. If no. you want an exhaustive list of E3 things, go to any video game website and type forward slash news at the end of the URL. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we can find plenty of things to make jokes about. But yeah, let's let's actually dig out the things we actually did think we were like, oh, good. Hmm. That exists. Hmm. Alex, what made you go, oh, good, that exists? Well, um, I was excited by uh, Sekiro, Shadows Die Me, I twice. wrote that down. Two. And I think that's three for three. That's on, three for three. So the, that's the like front runner of the Green Crowbar. Solero. Solero. Shadows Die Ice. It is. Mangoes Die Twice. Mangoes Die at Ice. There you go, walls. <laughs> it's in your basket. It's, tie-in. <laughs> it's in your freezer now. So this is uh, fr- a new game from From Software, makers yeah. of Dark and Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls Two, Dark Souls Three, and Blood Bon Bon. <laughs> Blood Bon Bon. <laughs> Blood Bon Bon. <laughs> and also, they were the uh, the publishers of the Tenchu series mm. way long time back, which mm. was. Uh, a stealth game about ninjas mm. and um Sekiro seems to bridge those two series really they said i saw a, an interview with one of the um developers and they said that uh that they were while they were very much inspired by Tenchu they didn't feel they could copy it because it wasn't actually their game it was developed by someone else mm. so um uh but if you if you imagine dark souls but with a very mobile character with a little grapple hook uh, and a jump. Um, that's kind of the game that we've got here. So it's much more mobile, a bit more spry. You can get on top of rooftops and that kind of thing in the environments. So I very much liked the idea of something with the rich Dark Soulsy mm. build, build, building and careful combat, but all with a different little slant. The, the guy who you play, that's well. quite well, quite cheery. Well, as in, like the color palette was nicer for me. Like yeah, that kind it wasn't of, all it makes me right. want mm. to like play it more. Like I, I would like to spend more time in that world than I've ever wanted to spend in a in Dark Souls. It is universe. less grimbo. Had a big fat guy, massive, great big fat guy with a sword that he vomits on at the start. It did, yes. So uh, that that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in it for the because it's set in like Sengoku era Japan, right? uh-huh. so feudal Japan, and I, I really I'm I'm in it for the monster designs as ever with From Software. Really, I want I want the nice combat, the good combat, and I want the cool monster designs. And the I'm is, not sure there's well, there was a big wormy thing, but there was wasn't that, a big focus on monsters. Well, it's, it's more like it reminds me more of Bloodborne. It's more like monstrous people, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. Bloodborne's all about these kinds of like strange. You know, it, it's weird Londoners, basically, um, whose tan is finished and they are gangly and strange and they're sort of monstrous. Or have I made that up? You made that up, yeah. Oh. It's definitely Yarnum. I thought it was Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> Just a documentary about yeah. Sheffield. <laughs> Sheffield's quite nice. This is a very vivid documentary <laughs> I've been playing. They've renovated the bit outside the station. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what happens when you pass into the other Yarnum. <laughs> Um, Spooky Moon Baby renovates train station. Um, that's not what is the case here, is it? No, but there's a, there's a, there's a sort of uncanniness to it. There's an attention to detail and design about From Software's monster design or enemy design that I find super appealing. Absolutely. And, uh, 
And there's a little, nice little weird feature in it that your character has uh, one prosthetic arm, mm. uh, which is a skeletal thing, oh, yeah, which transforms into certain tools. So that's how you get a grapple because your skeletal hand comes off and grips across the level. I don't know. Is I'll that say. because, like, I think in the trailer I got the impression that he was somehow like being kept from death some you know there was some reason that he wasn't allowed to pass over just yet and was in this sort of functional immortality but you know maybe had unfinished business of some kind and that that was quite an interesting i mean it's it's been done but it was like you know the death mechanic is quite cool which presumably ties into that i've only watched the trailer (laughs) if you when you get killed uh you can spend a currency i'm not really sure what the currencies are but it'll be souls it'll be souls but apparently it doesn't have like leveling up or anything like that so no you'll be you'll be you do you be so yeah the the skeletal hand uh you can equip with various tools there's a big axe um there's like throwing firecrackers i wrote some more down i was looking down on my list (laughs) um uh, uh, yeah, the grapple, uh, firecrackers, and there's an umbrella. I like that. Nice. You see the umbrella? In That's there? a practical no, attachment. Cool. I don't yeah. remember that. Um, and, um, and I think those, th- th- I think that provides the equivalent of kind of ability enhancing sort of thing. Imagine and you can if you forgot them. though, like you were going to go to grapple away out of a situation and just put up an umbrella and it was like, oh shit. <laughs> this is this really time dry now. Stroke protected from the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah the death mechanic is uh, if you die you can spend a currency to respawn right there and then and you can choose when you do it so um if you're kind of swamped by enemies and they you get killed you can wait until they've all wandered off thinking you're dead before mm. so just a big them. old surprise at the wake me i'm back <laughs> yeah. uh so that's i like i you know if if anything that's serious you know from software has been doing some excellent work with respawn mechanics. Mm. <laughs> and this looks like it's you, going to continue the form. They seem like a studio that's got good things going on. <laughs> <laughs> These boys are going somewhere. <laughs> and the setup is uh, it's quite interesting. They, they described it as being uh, a situation. Where, so you, the, the game is quite easy to be, be to understand at the start. So you know where you are and where you're going at the start in the way that you mm. don't in Dark Souls. Uh, but then it goes quite Dark Soulsy and lots of kind of, um, uh, details hidden away in, um, in kind of flavor text and things after that point. Mm. But you are some sort of retainer, some sort of protector of a, a young lord who gets captured and you are killed in trying to capture it and you wake up with a skeletal hand. As you do. And no lord. You lost your lord. <laughs> Not a skeletal lord. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lost snap. a hand and his lord mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes that looks good I, I very much uh, would also have put that on my list if it wasn't on everyone else's list Pip what's the game from, one you, from your E3 Man Eater Man Eater that's not that the song I thought you were going to go for. No, I was going to go for Nelly Furtado but I also um, do not know how to sing that properly because no. I can't sing no anyway Man Eater <laughs> tell us about Man Eater so it's a game you play as a shark and at that point i was like i am sold you do not need to say anymore this is brilliant (laughs) um 
And then they kept talking. <laughs> so it's uh, essentially a, uh, it, I believe they called it a shark PG because, you know, why nice. wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, open world RPG where you, the shark, progress from being a young shark with dreams of killing every human and <laughs> realize that dream through a series of upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got bigger teeth. Yeah, you can do that. You can, you, you can, like, do a tail whip attack. You can make people bleed by, you know, really deep biting. Um, you can, you know, jump out of the sea or the water of whatever kind and, you know, do a sort of jump over a pier and, like, you know, pick them up en route. Like can a, you, can you like a dangerous reverse free willy, they call that. <laughs> I believe they have said that it's obviously not entirely factual but you can't become a human it's not like a reverse little mermaid power fantasy or something <laughs> but, um, i want to be where the people are so i can kill all of them <laughs> imagine though it's so good um yeah so there's there's what that. you call it a gun <laughs> and uh yeah so i think the they i think whoever it was alex uh quick um, who was responsible for the initial Killing Floor mod? Um, mm. And it's his studio and Tripwire are like publishing it, which is quite a cute. Like, oh, okay. You know, mm. everything comes around again, kind of yeah. story. Um, but yeah, and so I was just sat there going, I don't think this is entirely what I remember from Blue Planet, and like maybe Shark PRs would have something to say, but. It's That's brilliant, them, right? and I'm so here. The Bull Shark <laughs> Marketing Board is not down with this game. <laughs> Hammerheads are like to leave us out of this. Yeah. We're not. We're not involved. Um, Dogfish, not into it. <laughs> but yeah, so it looked good. But also, I just I really liked because it was announced as part of the PC Gaming Show, and well, I just well done by the way. Uh, it, it was all me. Um, it was. In no way me at all. <laughs> but, you know, I watched it. Um, I watched, no, I watched the, that part of it. I've been deadlining. So it's like, oh my God. Anyway, so, uh, but it was really cute because, um, mm. on stage, mm. the, uh, the guy was just talking about it and like, it was, you could, cause I think the trailer maybe misses a, like a, an opportunity in some ways because it doesn't 100% make it clear that you play as the shark. It doesn't, does it? I, I no. thought that exactly. I thought and it was... Yeah. And, but mm. then it was after that when Day 9 was like, so you play as the shark? And he said yes. And everyone sort of started to get it and like started to giggle, but in that way of like, oh my God, this is so much better than I thought that you'd just done. Um And the guy just sort of lit up. And I, I really liked that. That felt like a non-cynical mm. moment, you know, because you can get so caught up in the sort of, you know, an exec announces a thing and you're like, uh, uh, I guess. Or like, you know, you have to sit through a 30 second trailer that is just a logo and you're like, oh. Mm. fine but that was just quite a really nice you know it's a nice human moment of you know just yeah we've made this thing what of it <laughs> we, you, we, you can be the shark you, you are the shark. shark you can earn bigger teeth by eating things fine i'm there sign <laughs> me up <laughs> were, great were you excited for that one yeah i haven't seen that yet i thought i, I thought the trailer was um yeah 
kind of a little bit charmless because it yeah. it didn't really get that across at all. And I, I assumed you could be the shark. But I it was, assumed it was just some sort of like... Because it's called man-eater, so you're unlikely to be the swimmer. It, it felt like it was just some like kind of average, um, you know, like what's the zombie one where you're in a hotel at the beginning? There was like oh. a trailer and... Uh, uh, where you're in the hotel. Oh, and I know. Yeah, like, um, dead. Uh, dead. It was by Techland, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, dead. Not dead rising. Dead. dead no, dead, not dead, dead on the island. Dead, Isle of the dead. Dead, dead, dead island. Dead island. Dead island. Okay, but like, <laughs> so I was kind of like, <laughs> I was talked. expecting it to be not that because obviously the name doesn't fit, but I, I, I thought it would just be a bit sort of, yeah. oh, okay. But yeah, instantly you say, and you're the shark, and you've got this weird skill tree, and I'm like, fine, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm there. That's mine. That mm. was my game of the show. <laughs> it was the most in the ocean you could get at E3. I mean, I have two more ocean-themed games as part <laughs> of my. <laughs> I do not doubt it. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised, and I imagine a few other people would have been as well, by uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. The game we made fun of only a week ago. Ass odd. Uh, uh, that's an odd ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which, uh, actually, you know, I, I sort of, I, maybe I'm getting a bit more cynical about big AAA things, particularly open world games, which I know I'm not really going to play. Um, but I'm actually kind of into this sort of very bright, um, sort of, uh, the sort of history light uh island roaming mm. rpg which is what they made basically yeah i they did say R- they've said rpg a lot i and- meant that in that you have conversations and you can have sex with people <laughs> <laughs> a <Dalliances>. witcher <laughs> a witcher like but you have a you know it's it's an rpg by the modern definition which is you have a boat full of npcs that you talk to between every mission and you can do some canoodling. Including <laughs> some Socrates. Yeah, you can both canoe and canoodle. Ugh. <laughs> and philosophize. Is there a C word related um, to philosophy? No. I don't think so. Let's not get... Contemplate. Yeah, <laughs> contemplate. Contemplate. Um, yeah, is, no, is Socrates... <laughs> I was trying to help, because canoeing, canoodling, and canoodling. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. What are we talking about? Socrates. He's in it. <laughs> Your drunk mate Socrates, yeah. he's there. Of course he's there. And you can be... Of course uh, he's fucking there. Isn't you, he basically playing himself from Bill and Ted? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, in, yes, in the same way that... It's it's in the fine Assassin's Creed tradition of, like, in the best Assassin's Creed games, when they did, like, what if Leonardo da Vinci was just Q from James Bond? <laughs> Making you a tank. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody Which want a helicopter? It's the most fun that series has ever had with history, right? Is <laughs> like, um, when you have to just kick the shit out of a pope. <laughs> because, like, they'd run out of, like, uh, you know, Italian Renaissance... They'd kill the, all of the aristocracy yeah, exactly. right to the Vatican. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was trying to think whether Alexander would have been the Pope that I wanted to punch, and I, I think I would have preferred like landing one on um, Julius II. Well, for that, you, <laughs> you've got to get the Super Smash Brothers version of Assassin's Creed series. He's in it. Yeah, like it's very exciting. Um, the um, the yeah, and that's nice. And the fact that you have a choice of protagonist, you may. Uh, Male or female, that's nice as well. And they're not just sort of, here's the lady version of the man version. Yeah, they're two separate characters. It's the yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda technique where they're 
I think they're both actual characters. It's just you pick one, which one you play. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, expect to see the other one killed in the opening cutscene, <laughs> boys and girls. Um, uh, if not, um, yeah, the big battle scenes look cool where you take on a big champion who's always, always a bit, just a big man, a big man with a hammer. I like the, um, so for me, I, Definitely still had the, oh, no, Assassin's Creed, it, way into the, the mm. trailer because, mm. because it had lots of long tracking shots across environments that I could swear I've just been playing in Ass Oranges. Yeah, there is an element of that. And, um, you know, it does feel, I just very, si- both on the Mediterranean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I want different, different <laughs> colours or different. Uh, this one seems a lot more sort of bluey, greeny, yellow. There, were, there are some overwhelming orange. But it's like, you know, there, there is a, a lot of Greeks living in the, the Egypt in, uh, mm. of, uh, as oranges. So it was, I think it was overly cynical, but then I started reading about it, um, once people started playing. And, um, the first thing that really, uh, kind of t- just got me interested was the fact that some of the bosses, as you described, the big, the big lads, are they're in Units. the world Absolutely. wandering around and you get to you know you can go and try and take them down at any time but all you can do are load of quests to level yourself up and weaken their uh defenses which i thought that's exactly what i've wanted from yeah from assassin's creed for since this first one really it's the shadow of mordor yeah. of it has yeah. some potential like to, yeah if you're going to assassinate, like, let's use some skills in the open, in the field, mm. rather than in the missions. I think scripting. for me as well, it's been a while since they've had a setting that has interested me. Like, I was primed to be more interested in As Creed 2 because my, like, education is in, you know, like, ecclesiastical Greek. history and stuff like that. Um, whereas with, you know, with this, like I studied Greek at school, I, you know, I was obsessed with Greek legends growing up and I, you know, I still read them and like, um, there's a certain amount of just being not necessarily familiar with that specific time period or, you know, like whatever they've done with it to make it fit their game or whatever. But like, I, I am genuinely interested more so than, you know, Black Flag or, you know, um, Rogue or, you know, any of those or, um, the London one or Mm. the France one, just because it's, it feels like it taps into a lot more of, a place that I genuinely wanted yeah. to experience because I was so into the mythology of it. Like, I think, and also the, like, it's a world of lots of little islands and you have a ship, like, you know, that is, that is a sign me up setting right there because, yeah, you know, Zelda, oh, Wind, Wind Waker. Wind Waker. That yeah. Was, that what was Wind Waker needed cool. was just killing and shagging. Yeah. Not enough. There isn't enough shagging (laughs) in that game. Yeah. So uh, the thing, one of the things that stuck out to me is how well they do that, um, the, the sea experience at this point, Mm. just in terms of how it looks, I think. Um, because the other, one of the other things that I have on my list is, um, skull and bones and it's Mm. for similar reasons. It's because, I want to be there. I yeah. want to be on that boat looking at that water. Like it kind of in, in a way, obviously the, they showed a bit more gameplay and I haven't got through all of that yet, but it, it does look interesting and it has me more interested than Sea of Thieves did. Yeah. Um, that was good water in Sea of Thieves though. 
Yeah, I yeah, I this is essentially it. I just want to look at water. Um <laughs> but like they they both showcase that virtuosity that you know the the trailers and I was kind of like, oh okay, yeah. Yeah, I played <laughs> I'm a, interested in both of you. <laughs> I went I saw and played um Skull and Bones last year when I was at Ubisoft Singapore because Ubisoft Singapore basically made their name within Ubisoft as the water people. Yeah. Basically they got to do the water for uh, Assassin's Creed 3 and then Black Flag and then uh, kind of got their own game with Skull and Bones and they did all of the, the wateriest bits of Origins and so presumably they've been busy on on uh, Odyssey as well. Because it's Quebec, isn't it? The rest of it. But, yeah. Toronto. Yeah. It's Quebec uh, for main Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah, that's the, the first it studio It is, type. otherwise I'm going to have a heart attack about the proofreading that I've just <laughs> sent to print. That's Winchester. <laughs> Yeah, also a lot of game channels have been in the wrong part of Canada. If it's, <laughs> it was like Alex, you need to leave now. <laughs> this isn't funny. Um, Froom. Yeah. I hope them. Froom. I hope uh, Skull and Bones seeming to kind of um, yeah. delay a bit or retreat a bit is a sign that it's getting that, more invested in it. Really? Yeah, it's kind of. I thought it'd be up nerve-wracking because because that the demo. Uh, I'm going to shut up because that's one of your games. No, no. I mean, I just, I, I thought it would be an interesting point to bring it into it because, you know, I don't have that much else to say. It was just that it looked like the things I actually enjoyed from Black Flag, but without the trappings of the Assassin's Creed game that I tend to chafe against. Yeah. Because it's like, here's the element of this that you like, but you have to engage with every single thing that you don't like to get there. Yeah. And mm. I always tap out at that point, whereas I'm hoping that this is my way to get All boats <laughs> all the time. Yeah, 100% boats. The thing boats that... and not being desynchronized from reality if I choose to go down this street. Yeah, although it's not like... So the thing I'm curious about it is, and maybe they did show more of this at the C3, but like... It's a multiplayer game first and foremost, and it's a five on five mm. competitive multiplayer game first and foremost. Um, and I, I really liked it in that format. The thing it made me think the most of is it felt like the first time I'd seen like a, well, not that wargaming aren't a big publisher in their own way, but like it felt like the world of tanks or world, war, world of warships, most specifically format mm. done by Ubisoft. Um, very much in the same scope of game as For Honor, uh, which is yeah, like Avengers Tank yeah. or Rainbow Six Siege. Like in this like thin line of like a Ubisoft sort of thing nowadays for like really hyper specialized competitive multiplayer games, um, alongside super broad, please everybody open world games, which seems to be their sort of, mm. you know, uh, and then uh, dancing in Rayman, like, <laughs> um, like that sort of, um, distinction. And I'm really interested to see what they do with it in terms of the other parts of the experience, but I actually genuinely like, I, I assumed when I, I mean, that was, I was, was there almost a year ago. Uh, yeah, year minus six weeks. Um, and I, it felt like, oh, this is probably out towards the end of this year then. So I'm mm-hmm. surprised that it's still a kind of E3 preview sort of thing. I really was expecting to have seen it by now. Something that I am hoping as well is that the setting and the fact that like, I, it, I'm hoping that it makes it an easier sell for getting the rest of a team together at various points to play it with me. Because I can imagine, you know, when you're trying to get scrounge people together for a match in something that you really like and they don't really care for, that can be a real slog and you end up playing a lot on your own or with complete strangers or LFG 
stuff. Um, but I'm hoping that everybody's core fantasy is obviously let's be pirates, but you know, like my version of a cartoon pirate where I just sing sea shanties and point at things, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of hoping that that's not necessarily universal but it's certainly shared widely enough that i will never have a problem crewing a ship yeah but everyone everyone is a ship in mm. in, in, in skull and Bones. look i've not watched the gameplay trailer or read anything about it it had good water and it looked like it had complicated decorations it that does. i could really buy into but someone mentioned a cannon brilliant i'm there very very spiky tiller thing yeah mm. so yeah but to clarify the big difference between it and something like both black flag and sea of thieves is your are not a person you are a boat mm. and your friends are different boats but you can use the um you can like uh raise sails yeah and yeah you do you can you, you know use the like telescope and stuff so yeah. you do get elements of playing as yeah but it's like yeah those are all abilities that you have boat, on the boat right. yeah like you you have your little customizable pirate captain who's holding the wheel and shouting mm. I think that's where I got confused because I could see, you know, like as part of the thing, it showed, you know, people looking through um, yeah, the, telescopes. The crew is very like dynamic and they sing and they mm. shout to each other, but that's based on you, you are controlling the boat. Okay. So like yeah. if you press the increase speed button, you'll hear someone shout to someone else like, full sail. That's what they do in, I'm that's Bane. What they do in order. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. Bane is there. Why? We don't know. That's, that's the same as it. I, this is the problem for me that it, doesn't look sufficiently different to what I've kind of gotten a bit tired of in mm. Black Flag. And, yeah, the difference uh, really is multiplayer. So, like the fact that it's yeah, designed it is, for that's, like mm, that's that the difference. Because um, I, I, I never got on with Black Flag because they showed me the nice bit at a preview event, and then they also showed me like where you have to stop someone from ringing a bell, and I just you know felt. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the ship and I wanted to... I don't use... want to be Stabby Jimmy anymore. And yeah, I was just, <laughs> oh, you, let him ring his bell. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm going to take to the sea. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> what else is on your E3 list? Sable. Mine too. Sable. Oh, and you mine. and me. Oh, what you a and me. Always. Oh yeah, that's all. And forever. What? Why did you like Sable? Because I like Sable a great deal because of its Mobius inspired yeah, art. Moving Mobius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a game Mobius. by a new uh, London-based studio called yeah. um, Shedworks. Shedworks. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they both are, but one of them is definitely um, a graduate of the Bartlett um, School of Architecture. Mm. So it comes with it with a certain sort of. Interesting sensibility, but most name? of all, it looks like Do you know Moibius. what their name is? You know, it's just interesting because um, I sometimes go to the Bartlett um, graduate show yeah. uh, because it is fascinating and really cool. And sometimes people, I believe, have gone on to exhibit as part of the architecture room in the Royal Academy summer mm. show. Mm. And that, you know, there's been some amazing stuff coming out of there. So I just wondered if it was someone that I... He's almost certainly done stuff for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, Sable is, well, I mean, I, honestly, it looks a fairly familiar game, like in terms of what you do. It's a, it's an, it's an open worldy, you're in a desert, you're a little, little, um, scavenger, scavengery, skull faced little person with a nice cloak and things, mm. or skull helmeted or something. You have an, an amazing looking hover bike thing, which has got very cool sort of little, 
bits that stick out and leaves a wonderful sort of plume of, of dust behind you and it looks absolutely wonderful um and you're going between ruins and that kind of thing and then there's a lot of uh uh Big climbing on things dusty doors dusty Zelda doors opening kind of thing. um and some puzzles and some temples and things the you know the the woman who has the portions ray yeah. star wars okay, yeah good. um <laughs> I am. Um, don't worry, I can do this now. <laughs> the Pip to Star Wars translator. Uh, yeah, I was about to mention the same thing. Like, yeah, it has a sort of derelict desert landscape yeah. hoverbike kind of thing to it. But it's, it's like Journey and Ico and Wind Waker. Child of Colossus and Wind Waker. Did those you see kind who's of games. It? Yes. Meg Jones. Yeah. 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 So I'm like automatically even more excited so for Meg it. Jant was one of the co-writers on 80 Days. She was the lead writer. Lead writer. Mm. Okay, I, I do believe. Interesting. And then... It was uh, her and John Ingold, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so it looks gorgeous. Yeah. From such a small like... studio, but it's, you know, profoundly cel-shaded in the very finest of ways. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that one. I think that was the one that people forwarded me you know um because like i say i was uh, i was properly face first into the proofing bits of uh getting the magazine to print um and so i i largely ignored e3 until today actually where i was mm. catching up on everything but sable was the one that people had actively flagged up to me in chat saying i think this will be your kind of thing <laughs> you know yeah as soon as like i think as soon as he saw it joe our news writer was you know just in you know uh slack being yeah. Hello. This thing looked up your alley. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it's definitely one of the, um, most obviously sort of like, oh, look at that kind mm. of moments yeah. of the show. It's really arresting. Mm. And it's like, yeah, beyond that kind of the, the rendering style, there's, um, there's a real sort of feel, distinctive feel to the kind of incidental, you know, the scene setting, like some of the shapes of architecture and mm. shapes of Things around seem you know, interesting, right? Beguiling looking, detailed as well, considering the kind of the flat mm. sort of um, shading. Yeah, mm. yeah, genuinely, genuinely lovely. Mm. The, is there a word for this? Is sort of, it feels like a genre now of games where you play as a sort of uh, anonymous character in a cloak in a sort of fantasy world that's a little bit Zelda, but also a little bit sort of neon 80s cyberpunk. <laughs> and you have, you encounter these big stone temples or big stone contracts where little veins in them, like ley lines light up with pinkish blue energy. Mm. And lots of kind of geometric shapes kind of unfurled. Yeah. Kind of un I'm thinking like, Hyperlight Drifter, yeah. elements of uh, sword and sorcery, like the Capybara games go in this direction yeah. a little bit. Now below. this. Below. Like it's this is a genre. Like yeah. there is a there's a style. Obviously, um, a sable has the has its influences that are, uh sort of uh, in a slightly different direction. But it still fits for me this sort of yeah, yeah. very specific sort of sci-fi fantasy thing. It's, it's in yeah, like a sort of like a kind of comic well. book Dune yeah. sort of thing and and yeah maybe it's just the same sort of indie brainwave maybe we can um if anybody has a good name for this genre mm. yeah write in yeah um i'm gonna go with bright souls 
see. For me, it's the neon colours kind of shining yeah, out, it is. geometric kind of stonework. ancient stones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a few puzzle <laughs> games that would fall into that as Tomb well. Raver. <laughs> wow. That's not bad. That is not bad. Um, yeah, okay. We have your suggestions on the back Workshop of an envelope. That. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, that was good. What else is in your list? So I, uh, I'm going to just offer us a, a short break from the, the extended trailer things to say. So I watched the Halo Infinity trailer mm. and all it made me think was I wish there was a Stargate game. Mm. Cause, uh, you know, it, the, it, it's a lot of whiffle. It's a lot of, this is possibly a nature documentary. Oh wait, no, it's Halo. Yeah. You know? And by that point, I was a bit Ooh, like... that's a hench deer. That doesn't appear to be Earth. <laughs> and then... But then, you know, obviously they have their little... You know, the, the thing that looks like the Stargate. I don't know anything Halo about ring. Halo. So I don't, you know. Yeah. But I would I would genuinely love something that was based on either the TV series, which was very good, or the movie and thus had a Jim Henson element mm. to it but yeah that was just a passing observation that i apparently wrote down <laughs> <laughs> i feel quite ashamed of myself about the halo thing because i was all kind of like yeah yeah yep 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 and, and then, then and you? then and then and the then fucking music it. the yeah. music came in like that, that you saying music, that has made the hair's the back of my neck stand up it's just yeah the like ba -ba -ba -ba. Like, it's actually the, it's about, the oh the the, 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 ding, the ding, yeah before the before, ding, ding, ding. yeah god they're so good at this and it's like oh damn it yeah oh damn it a tear a <laughs> yeah, solitary <exactly>. tear rolls <laughs> down my eyes like oh, my eye. yeah god there's, it's 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 you know a lot of a lot of this stuff appeals to nostalgia and you can be nostalgic for Halo One now definitely yeah and so that sort of reveal of like he's holding his helmet it's Master Chief yeah. it's Master Chief but where is he oh he's on a big Halo it's John Halo it's him it's him <laughs> he's, he's a soulful character except for, oh, he doesn't he, have a character he plugs his he, he, he plugs Cortana into the back of his head again the naked lady goes the in best, his head the best on and off again romance story since Ross and Rachel from Friends <laughs> It's it's John one one seven, and Cortana, the naked robot woman, AI lady, she lives in his brain. Yeah. I don't know. I think you got quite invested in Gary and Charlotte from George. I did as well. Okay, second, third best. I don't know who's second best. I don't know. I, I feel more sympathy for uh, for Master Chief on the whole. Um, you know, like um, there's uh, although yeah. Um, no, it's great, and it's pure nostalgia. But you're right; that music, that's so fucking good. Dun, the Destiny does this to me as well. Like Destiny for all its highs and lows, and I, I kind of want to talk about the Destiny Two stuff they've revealed when mm. next time Tom Senior's on the podcast because yeah. we're the sort of two oh, most active Desto chum, Desto men. Mm. Um, <laughs> we didn't play the second one. No, but I've still watched things. Hey, I, I updated. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Halo, uh, Halo two, uh, Destiny Two the other day, but didn't get around to to actually playing it because this See? took so long. Yeah. Um, I watched that trailer that was sad. Oh, that's yeah. and I, I, I tuned into a prox half of the thing where they were talking about the new raid, and that sounded good. You've you you skipped so much of the valuable lore. <laughs> <laughs> Did the robot man but die? This happened with he probably Destiny does as well, Uno. and like, it's 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 the Prince of Crows. He's there. He's shot him. 
With a gun. It's but anyway. Is that what the Awoken thing was? Yeah. Okay, cool. Brilliant. The Prince of Crows. Yeah. I mean, oh, come on. I love name. his stuff. You know I love his Oh, yeah, stuff. I know you do. Do but the like, crows know that he's the Prince of Crows? He, the crows are like a spy organization. Did they vote uh, him in? <laughs> That's not how princes work. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not that like you get voted. <laughs> He was the master of the crows. I can't remember exactly what the law bollocks is. He's Prince Aldrin. <laughs> well, then what's the point? <laughs> but there's no crows. There's no crows in this world. There is. They're a spy network. They're not got... literal crows. Do oh. they know what actual crows are, though? That's from Game of Thrones. They're stolen. It is. It, but it's all stolen. That's, that's oh, what I like. Crunchy crow or something. The, the Game of Thrones. Crunchy crows. <laughs> They, uh, they, they, they quit. A, a the crows all. Beast of crow. Uh, okay. What? The, <laughs> we let's all eat crow. Crow, anyone? No, there's a name of the book, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's a yeah. subtitle. I've never thought about the title before, and now I'm realizing what the hell is going on with that title. <laughs> a feast so, for crows. It's about yeah, corpses. It's, they, they, it's not a feast they, of crows. Tasty crows. Big old mouthful of crows. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I was going to say, this is actual, this is actual real destiny law. In real destiny law, uh-huh. the crow spy network, uh, leave the reef, um, because there was too much, uh, ra- there's too much, uh, the space reef in the Astro Belt, because there was fundamentally yeah, too much of a random element in Destiny 1's loot table. It was too RNG for crows. Oh no! <laughs> that was good. That was a good setup. Oh wow. Nice reveal. I am so sorry to any listener who doesn't have a background in Kiora's marketing. <laughs> wow. Chris is just absolutely delighted. He's oh, at right. dancing. Yeah. Dancing before the microphone. That's that I can't. Oh, I'm done. Right now. <laughs> um yeah, the other thing that I just wanted to sort of quickly acknowledge mm. in some fashion was Unravel 2, just because I didn't enjoy the first one, which is, you know, the Yarny, the little stringman. Um, <laughs> I am the stringman with the staring eyes. <laughs> What's that from? That's Yarny's voice. Oh, <laughs> it's maybe just as well he doesn't use it in the game. <laughs> Um, in Marsh Davis's yeah. acting debut. <laughs> <laughs> it got, um, um, yeah, focus tested out. But I kind of, because the, the actual platforming I found not as, uh, good as it, uh, you know, it lacked that sort of that final crunchiness that you need for, or, you know, the smoothness, whichever peanut butter Crunchy type or smooth. you need. <laughs> what are going to go for? Yeah. Well, you, you know. You mean a little it, bit of, a little bit of, uh, it, Jessica. And a little bit of smooth gravelry <laughs> in Yeah. Like it just, it hadn't quite hit the mark with whatever it was. So it didn't feel perfect to play, but also, and, and it had this overlay of cloying kind of, and it was so earnest and that's so sweet and I don't want to piss on their strawberries but it's very much a kind of um, like I I couldn't what is that not piss on their strawberries that's a phrase (laughs) it's a good phrase it's just gentrified chips it's definitely a phrase sorry did I whittle in your punnets (laughs) (laughs) I'm from Canterbury We had strawberry fields out there. You could go and pick your own. Did I mean, obviously. On and sometimes well, it's been a long I mean, day. You've had a lot of Kiora. Who would that serve? <laughs> well, I don't know. You're the one going on about pissing on strawberries. <laughs> no war, but class war, Pip. <laughs> anyway. 
um, so the game about the strawberry Wii, um, I don't know what I was talking about. What you, was I talking you about? You felt that you didn't really like oh, Yarny 1, so, but for somehow and, Yarny 2 is right up your street. So, so one of the things that it did that I had a real problem with was the the actual cloyingness of the earnestness and the, you know, the, the sort of the desperate... Uh, there was an element, there was an element was, of the... It really over-egged the emotional arc of the thing and I just found it really uncomfortable mm. towards the end. But the point that I wanted to make about this was because Yarny 2, the Yarnaning or whatever it is, <laughs> Unravel 2 looks, uh, it's, um, it's got two player co-op. And so I, I wonder whether being able to sit with a friend who is, you know, on your wavelength and maybe willing to drop Yarny down a hole every now and again and, and laugh about it because <laughs> you're both awful, um, might be a way. No, but it might genuinely be a way. It's far and- less lonely to torture the string man <laughs> yeah. in Yarny 2. You can both, what you're saying is, you can both jeer or your way through yeah. like a very Fuck you, Yanni. You all agree. <laughs> so, no, but I do think that that could be a way of redressing that tonal balance a little bit because you could it, just have someone sitting next to you as you played Yanni one that and jeer. No, I just go out. You know, why would you not just go down the pub? <laughs> you know, and yeah, but I feel like a monster because do you remember when the guy was talking about? the first unravel and Mm. he was so nervous and my heart really went out to him and you know it was Mm. and that's so that's i i'm always so reluctant to talk about not liking that game yeah you don't like the thing is (laughs) but you know what i mean (laughs) that was one of those e3 moments that was very sweet but is very easy to take the piss out of at the same time and you're almost not taking piss out the man at that point because it was one of those like this is not the right time for this game. Yeah. Like, and that's not to say that... This and yeah, and game then Yarny 2 also got yeah. onto Microsoft's but, day. Yeah, it, it, I think it was E3, the first one, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, and like, oh, sorry, EA. And there's always this, EA, there's yeah. always this, like, tone clash that is so jarring at E3, particularly, when it goes from, like... Football! Football! football. American football! Yeah, like, here's three Gears of War games, and here's my game. It's, I'm very nervous because I genuinely made this. I'm not just a spokesperson for the company, and I made also, it. And sorry, it's actually it's about out already. And it's about me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the yarn man. Ah! <laughs> like, that, that distinction is so... Um, abrupt that it doesn't do anyone any favors, right? It makes Gears of War like a crass kind of, um, like obtuse bully taking the air out of the room that belongs to the yarn man. On, on that note, hmm. Funko Pop. <gasps> the worst, like the worst <laughs> thing it happened. Was this? Oh, did Have you not I see missed? this? This was. So I didn't watch the conferences. I literally went down the list of trailers right. and just absorbed those. So I, so wanna, I have no I context recap this. for so, any of this. We have to, yeah, you have to sort of By, experience. But yeah, yeah. Chris, so I did watch bits and bobs together. Okay, good. I did watch bits and bobs of them. I didn't watch all of them. I just checked in when they happened to be on and I happened to be free. But I did catch this, and it was almost the first part of E3 I saw. And Microsoft, by all accounts, had quite a good conference in that they uh, announced a lot of games. 
was, yeah. Um, and we're genuinely kind of personal about it and they, they didn't, they didn't hugely fuck up in any, in any obvious way. It was, yeah, it was, it was oh, like, very <laughs> Exactly. Um, I am still waiting for my personal apology for Windows 10 <laughs> and what it's keeps like, doing. You know, they didn't, they didn't lapse into talking about television for half an hour. You know, I mean, all of the kind of traditional kind of Microsoft things and it wasn't too like. Yeah, um, and they were sort of like, you know, we've bought some studios. That's good. Yeah, they were more obviously like a company, like which just yeah. acquired a lot yeah. of people. Um, anyway, uh, the Gears thing, everyone's super excited about Gears of War 5. I, I, I actually, I'm a big Gears of War apologist. The I liked same as Gears Halo. of War 4, but couldn't quite understand why so much money had been put into it. I didn't it. write any of this down. Um, <laughs> it's not on my and, list. And Gears 5 is something people were <laughs> expecting to see, you know, it's whatever. And this is almost like, this is a dangerous move when you're Microsoft, I think, uh, to do this, to reveal the worst thing. <laughs> Um, prior to, because you remember, uh, was it at EA's conference that they fucked up Command and Conquer quite as badly as they did? With I, that, I didn't see that so one. So that trailer, yeah. that trailer is a, a, so this is maybe the counterpart. Everyone gets excited. They're announcing a Command and Conquer game. It's been long enough that we're excited about this. And there's, you know, big CGI graphics and things. And then it kind of pans out until it reveals, oh, this is a, like a clash game. This is a mobile. Clash game. Uh, oh, oh no. And so you can feel this sort of mounting like, oh, oh dear. Oh dear. And it's almost like the, the excitement is moving in one direction. Do you remember the announcement of Artifact at the international? Yeah. Although that, yes, I do. Um, um is it similar levels of uh, people far worse, being upset? far worse. Oh, okay. Far worse. Like, um, Artifact wasn't a sequel to something. Like, Artifact no. wasn't like this beloved thing is returning. But it was in a similar sort of emotional investment. People were like, hang on, is Valve making a new game? Yeah, I guess there was that. But Valve have an addition, a separate issue, which is when Valve announced anything, if it's not Half-Life 3, People go, oh, and there's an element of card game fatigue, but whatever. Like, this is kind of like laser, laser guided uh, disappointment, like disappointment generator. Yeah, this is, uh. this is like your, you know, like. You are specifically hoping for Command and Conquer. What number are we yeah. on? Who knows? Yeah. And. We all loved our childhood dog, Billy, didn't we? <laughs> Guess what? We found his body. Like that's <laughs> that's the level of setup and and delivery wow, that they so achieved. <laughs> that they achieved. Well, so years of war. Hey, and that, that that was Commander Conquer. And so, and and when you're EA and you're having an okay conference, that's a bit of a flub because you're not bouncing back from it. Microsoft conference that they, they go in like, oh, gears of war symbol. Rumble of guns, but what's this? It's a Funko Pop Marcus Phoenix. What? I know. And even just saying that, if the, the bile rises. And then they revealed a mobile action pop, Funko Pop game yeah. for Gears of War. And the, I did think, it, and I thought, that, that is it, isn't it? They've killed it. That's it. This, the, you know, and then, and you, you knew it was bad because Microsoft often have the most aggressive. It's also for Windows Phone only. Yeah. It's not for Windows Phone only. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just trying to remember what Windows phones there are because I've I've lost track of the the telephone. I'm not market. sure it exists anymore. But uh, the the is the way they burst through the wall as well, and I already you know the the, the way in an the echo wall of looked, Clifford B. It wasn't so many years this is ago. Something's wrong, and then <laughs> and this is after having visited Bath's sort of stumbling comic shop, which is now half Funko Pop, like literally half. It has two aisles. With, you know, one what divider in the middle. 
on um uh, uh, we, I mean, road. we can take this offline. Yeah, yeah. we'll take this offline. It's going to be the this meeting that we're having. <laughs> oh my god, I've slipped back into marketing speak. This is so upsetting. It's, it's literally because you're talking about Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> literally, half the shop is now just a wall of Funko Pop boxes, mm. and so to see it invade actual games as opposed to games invade it is deeply distressing yeah um and um so they revealed that and you can tell microsoft usually have the most aggressive whoop men uh, like they are there in they force. have like five kind of cohorts of them. yeah yeah like yeah is there a test as you go in it's like how loud can oh, you yeah. whoop oh, you're at the back you're, you're, allowed yeah. to in, in, you're english okay the back yeah in fact yeah. Even, in fact it was the microsoft conference where um a lot of um People were still in the queue when it started. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because they moved it to the Microsoft Theatre yeah. downtown. Not a good idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, and then after that, they revealed Gears Tactics, an XCOM-style Gears of War game, which is a very good idea, very yeah. good use of that setting. It fits very well. The the, uh, the the enemy types and vocabulary of, of Gears. That's what you play map Gears anyway. Yeah, map very well to XCOM. Good job. Good job. And so that was like an escalation. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not just a Funko Pop thing. And then they revealed Gears 5. And that takes a lot of confidence if you are Microsoft. Okay. And because the, the expectations of you are so low <laughs> that, like, people will believe, oh, they've just done but what Funko order, Phoenix. What order would you have done it in out of genuine yeah, I wouldn't. I, I would have um, gone Gears 5, Gears Tactics. I'm not bothered announcing the Funko Pop thing. But I wonder whether... I think... But don't forget this thing. It's it's an investor event as much as it's anything else. That's true. That's true. But also, Funko Pop... Although I cannot stand the... Genuinely can't stand them. There's something about the 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 shapes of them that really freaks me out. It's kind of a similar feeling that I get to when I used to log into World of Warcraft. I, I, there's something about that rounded... I It, it really sets my <sighs> aesthetic nerves jangling. So I can't have... It really pisses I, on your strawberries. <laughs> I will not have Funko Pops in the house. <laughs> um, they can go in the same cupboard as the weird haunted mask. <laughs> anyway... Um, but I, it, it, I, it's something that, as you're saying with the with the comic shop, people do absolutely invest <laughs> in and buy yeah. and collect and have to set limits on their own spending for. And so I totally get that yeah. you, you would think that's a great announcement. It might be that every single person who is attending E3, either as a games journalist or in some other capacity is not your target audience with that. That is entirely possible. Or, you know, who is on Twitter snarking about it or whatever. But there is going to be a whole subreddit that is absolutely losing it over I kinda, this I stuff, totally agree. Right? And, and bookmarking everything and being mm. so... And on that basis, like, putting it last is would have been probably a mistake. And I think it was probably... Like, I think that it's a bit fun trolling by... By Microsoft. Yeah, that's which true. they did deliver it on. It got us you know? talking, didn't it? We did. Hate that line of argument. What well. I would suggest. I mean, it I got think... people talking, but not to the extent that it penetrated mm. my brain I think until you're... right this you, point. I think I Your would deadline have... bubble. <laughs> I think I would. I would probably have. It kind of worked out this way anyway. But like, I I would have thought of it, and I, I guess we're just doing conference design now. But like, doing it as a sort of a segment. Like, here's the gears segment. We open with a bit of a teaser for five so people know what they're getting and they're super excited yeah, then you reveal all three games in like some kind of montage yeah. and then you have people from each studio come on to introduce their own part 
of Mega Gears. And maybe you go mm. then with Gears 5 last at the end, having put it at the start and the end. So it sort of bookends it in a sort of legitimacy granting way. Because the way they did it gave the sense that, uh, they put the, they put Funko Pop out to die first. Like, you're right. It's an eye-catching fake out. Mm. But that explicitly positions that game as the thing people don't want. In order for that bit to have its arc, it almost needs to open with like... But like, like Pip said, I think that there would be a sizable number of people. I think a lot of the whoops were genuine because people are awful. <laughs> wow. Let's just leave it there. Um, <laughs> what else is on your list, Pip? So what else is on my list? Let me just see. I wanted to say that I thought that the prize for the worst trailer should go to the quiet man and i know that this, <laughs> i know that this is like a positive space but i just like and this we basically just bitched about and things <laughs> apart from the narrow band of games we liked for about an hour so but it's it was because it's not even about the game at that point because i had no real sense of what the game was it was it just felt like a bad trailer. it was, the worst it trailer. was a really bad trailer that didn't <laughs> tell me anything it didn't make me interested and it made me actively think well there's a game that i don't need to be involved with or or keep up with. I think it's worse than simply not telling you what the game is and not giving you interest. It actively looked shit. Like yeah. it was there was live action, which mm. I don't know. I don't know. Like I think that it's a pretty safe and absolutely universal piece of advice is don't put live action stuff into a game trailer because it looks shit. It doesn't live up to the game and it probably costs you a shitload of money. Mm. Like what yeah. the fuck? Yes, Bethesda. <laughs> Oh, just, yeah. did they do it? No, they always do it. They do, don't they? But, but they, yeah. they probably do it nicely. Anyway, uh, so it's not maybe not universal. So anyway, I just, I just wanted to sort of like, if you're ever looking for what not to do and you're making an E3 trailer, you know, it, I... Mm, mm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, it's one of those trailers where you think, so many people must have seen this. How many people like sat on their hands and said, oh, I, I don't think that we should put this out. <laughs> And what does that say about the the kind of the command structure square Enix? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I just, cause obviously I have no sense of what the game is from that. So I can't, you know, it, I have no sense of whether this was a good thing for the game that it's trying, you know, I just, I, there is yeah. no way of even judging it. So all I'm judging it on is whether it seemed like a good use of that time and it did not <laughs> and there's also another little that they used silence because so, so uh what you can glean from it is that you are a hearing impaired um punchy man mm. going to punch like i you know this guy is a white emo kid right and he basically fights some sort of like latino style gangbangers and it's like fucking hell like this feels mm. definitely dodgy on the scale of kind of it felt you know, representation in all the worst yeah. ways in ways like it, it felt like a throwback from a conference 10 years ago yeah we really did yeah it, yeah it felt how do so we how do we instantly of... mark some people as being bad i know let's give them a skin color and some tattoos it felt you know? so out of step with the world yeah right but anyway, so yeah, yeah that was a just an observation and as they, they I was mainlining silence. all of these trailers. They used trailers. silence, like so. Basically, you also think your speakers have stopped working because <laughs> because suddenly, like, it's sort of like boom, 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 and then silence. We're just trying to communicate that he's unable to hear. But like, did they coincide the sound dropping out with when they put silence on the screen in big letters, though? Because that might just be on you, not not looking at the screen at that moment. <laughs> yeah, I may have not. Oh, yeah, probably. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, so moving to sort of like happier things, would you like me to just blitz through the thoughts that I had? Because I wrote down a lot of games, but I don't necessarily Let's just have pick out the ones that, too. yeah, because I've got thoughts about things as well. We can, we can have a conversation. Cool. In that case, I'll just run through yeah. the things. So Forza Horizon 4. I was mm. really excited to see it set in the UK, just even because, I mean, you know, even though these are the exact same people that I would be shouting out of my window about being hooligans. Bloody kids. You know, like, <laughs> this is a 30 mile an hour zone. This is Canterbury. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Get out of my strawberry field. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that kind of... um it was really nice seeing something other than, um, you know, America. Uh, and I get that. A lot. I had that mm. feeling, that exact same feeling with... Um, or Australia. Australia. Well, yeah, I mean, I know mm. that they've done other... You know, but yeah, it's... Yeah. It, it, it's it, in that case, to rephrase for what I actually mean with the sentiment, it's it's so rare to see a glimpse of the UK in a game and it feel like that's a place I recognise as the mm. UK because and we will probably get onto this at some point, but I've walked in to see you playing Vampire and I do not recognise London in yeah, anything yeah. I have seen you on used screen. To get this somewhat with like the bizarre creations racing games like um yep. Street Racer. They like, were they were very good at cities. Yeah, very good at yeah, local cities as well because yeah. the UK had this yeah, they had a brilliant one in, um, I don't, don't remember which game it was. It might have been Blur, actually. Was it Blur? Yeah, Blur is one I was thinking of it. It was like, um, they did, you could run, race around Brighton up and down <laughs> the road, you know, yeah, like, yeah. along the seafront. And you could, and they had an amazing one just going through Hackney and it was all sodium lit sort of nighttime London mm. streets. Like, like that, that is definitely, that is London. That's mm. London yeah. in my heart. Because it's that thing of, you know, like I was saying, I got it with um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. It was just that feeling of seeing, you know, those little, um, they're almost T-shaped um, concrete markers with yellow and yeah. black writing on them. Um, and they are the UK version of like those fire hydrant markers. But I have never seen them in a game before. And it's such a little thing, perhaps, but, but just the accretion of all of those little markers that, that, that positioned this as a game set in the UK, but made by people who understood which parts of that were then necessary to capture yeah. and record mm. in yeah. this environment. That's cool. And so. And it, you can smash up dry stone walls. <laughs> So yeah, the that was just kind of a nice thing to see, and I'll be interested to see how it develops and the idea of just seasons. Well, it's being Forza Horizon, so it'll be really good. To, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's any particular kind of. It would be bizarre if it was. No, no. <laughs> but it would be interesting to see if it was. <laughs> you know, whether you suddenly get to do handbrake turns in Mackie D's car park in a Fiat Punto. Now we're talking. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's kind of like how, how, um, basically, so they, it looks like there were a lot of elements that I was excited about in terms of the actual landscapes that you would be driving through that I recognized as parts of the UK that I'd been to. But in terms of the actual driving experience, I'm assuming they're not going to accurately capture dealing with a one way system or a bunch of roundabouts one after another or having to beep Your as Euro you go, truck having to for beep that. as you go around one of the corners um in so just outside Whitstable so that people hear you coming 
or like pull into you know into yeah, a not... hedge so a tractor can go past i grew up in the countryside. i know <laughs> abundantly clear what else is on the list pip let's rock so, it through them okay cool uh devil may cry 5 that yeah. looked fun yeah. Yeah. so yeah. if this is the next devil may cry game can someone allow me chris <laughs> to make dmc2 just putting it out there Have if you're you? listening to me um like you're owned by microsoft now it just looked quite fun. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I like Devil May Cry. I like the whole series. Devil May Cry has a, has a tendency to underwhelm on first kind of look, you know, other yeah. than the very first games. Like DMC, like a lot of people, oh dear, oh God, look at that annoying yeah. little kid you play as, you know, like, and then smashed it out. You know, that was yeah, yeah. great. Oh yeah. Like, so I am the only person in the world who's a bit disappointed that this isn't DMC two. No, I I was as well because when as soon as I saw the main character, I'm not Dante. Do we know who it is? Is it Dante? I don't know because he's. Because he like, doesn't look like Dante. It looks like Dante shows up at the end of the trailer. Mm. That's yeah, the thing. Like, that's true. Because unless I'm not, it's Nero, I don't I'm know. not familiar yeah. enough with the series that I can tell like it's quite hard to tell the difference between dante and nero a post art design redesign but the quips so, the quips weren't sharp like not, not yeah like I, I think it's like i wasn't necessarily expecting because like i say i'm not familiar enough with the series and so to me it was like it just looked like a, a thing that wasn't taking itself too seriously and could right. be fun yeah. right and that had is, some of that same dna as bayonetta right yeah, and i was exactly. just like okay cool i will give that a go yeah yeah Yeah, well i think this is the thing right like so for me like that series had its perfect like i know that people didn't like dmc but uh that series had its sort of thing in that um you know it split after dmc3 uh that team went off and made bayonetta and escalated in that direction and dmc became sorry devil may cry became sort of uh ninja theories dmc and that was a different evolution for it, like a stylistic evolution rather mm. than a pure kind of just... That one seemed but there was smarter. D- there was Devil May Cry 4, yeah. which was... Oh, sorry, of, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about DMC. That was sort of yeah. not that long before DMC. That's true. And Devil May Cry 4 was a strange game, the playing it forwards and backwards thing. Like, yeah, I, like, I don't know. I don't know. Basically, I, I sort of left it a bit of a... It wasn't like... I think also partly the the sort of we know what the fans asked for got my back up a little bit because I'm a big like defender of what i wrote did. quite a lot of fan fiction and i, yeah. I was on the forums <laughs> I, I I something in the last couple of months about <laughs> well how much i like dmc so yeah like i think um, um although i'm happy for um for ninja theory that, that mm-hmm. hopefully they'll get off go off to do increasingly cool things yeah uh, they have microsoft microsoft securing them. them so that's good well um, or that or they are asked to do something extraordinarily ambitious that never gets done and then they're sold or just dissolved. It's a bit close to the bone of truth. <laughs> I, think, I think, again, this is maybe the thing where, because I didn't watch them in the context of whatever conference it was, mm. then I only saw, oh, that's a trailer that's quite yeah. nice, right? And whereas you've got this, the whole context of the fans asked for, and, you know, like, you, you, there's more to... Yeah. To it's of, okay to like it, it's fine. And I like it as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought it was a fun trailer, but it was Oh, like... I think it, no, it's more that it's interesting to me how different the experience of that framing yeah. is rather than just going down the list. Um in terms of the other stuff that I was super excited by, Neocab looked really mm. good. That was the uh cyberpunk uh Uber thing where yeah. you have to sort of 
somehow regulate your emotions while driving people around and doing like that gig economy that is the reverse of the actual experience of getting an uber maybe it's like this for both people maybe this is expanding my understanding i assume the experience of getting an uber or a cab is of regulating your responses to what the person in the front seat is saying oh god yeah in such a way as to facilitate a smooth and productive journey for everybody I must have told you. Did I tell you about the Uber that I had in, I think it was San Francisco. Um, no. I think it would have been at GDC. So yeah. Um, cause a friend had, uh, or a friend had, uh, got the cab cause I don't actually use Uber, but, um, it, and the guy sat there and he just suddenly announced, I'm post life. <laughs> and we all just tried to work out what he meant by this and he just meant he was a bit fed up <laughs> and, but it was such a san francisco way of saying it of conceptualizing this thing of ghost like, uber just a little bit over <laughs> yeah. it and we were just kind of like are you are you a did zombie you, like so you, what are did you, you talking did you, about you responded it was, or was this all could, in your kind of like look so between you could each other sort of you, there was definitely a Deliver we goal. all met each other's gaze to try and figure out what we you were should have just do. said just 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 to be clear when when we're getting in the car uh, <laughs> we're english and we don't really like talking to taxi drivers <laughs> but also yeah and so like each of us seemed to just gradually try and unpick what this guy was <laughs> on about and try to get the to the bottom of what post-life meant at all but yeah so that was my experience of uber but this seems to be a very different sort of opposite yes as you say <laughs> but it looks amazing as well mm. like it's very sort of cartoony cyberpunky like looking speaking of cyberpunk we should address the should seven to seven elephants in the room <laughs> and talk about what what cyberpunk oh the witcher 4 <laughs> uh, uh, that exact <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so this has been like behind closed doors shown to press it, it was, was just a, a video wasn't it yeah it was, it was a good was video it was a good video it was like watching uh i want to annoy everybody by saying netrunner art come to life <laughs> um uh but people seem seem very wowed by it it seems to be the yeah. game that people are walking away from e3 going Stop making your games, idiots. It's this game now. It's the only one that matters. Which is a take that will probably be rolled back at some point when it turns out to be a video game. But, it, you know. Yeah. I'll play that. Yeah. It's a first-person shooter. That was the thing that surprised everybody. Yeah. And lots of skills. Lots of lo- many, many, many different skills. Wall jumping and yeah. doodadding and thing. looking at you watching and yeah. just having a sit-downing. Snow, <laughs> yeah, snow crashing. Neuromancing. <laughs> <laughs> All the cyberpunk verbs. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, pond smithing. <laughs> That's quite. <laughs> Is that a deep cut that I did? No, 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 a deeper cut. Mike Pondsmith created the cyberpunk setting. So. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to explain the joke. I though. thought it was just someone Instead who made now. ponds. Well, that was, that, that, that was the, yeah. That was the... <laughs> what? I mean, it's just like I, the, one of the other things that people saying, you know, apart from what you do is like the, this open world is just so extraordinarily detailed that people couldn't quite. So yeah, this was, this was always exciting. That, that wave of hype coming out of those sort of closed door showings to press really made me think of like, that was actually like, I think we're guilty of living in a world. Not, we're not guilty. The industry is guilty. Damn it. Uh, it's coming from inside the groundhog. Um, we're guilty of a situation <laughs> where like, uh, Oh, he's got a little upset tummy. <laughs> um, where, um, 
of a situation where like tech has slowed down like games look better every year but not a lot better like a, a big part of my sort of ennui from this year's uh e3 was partly like i've played these like battlefield looks nice but it's battlefield ennui a- three yeah um anthem you know uh like i invented the phrase door frame uh to identify the midpoint between destiny and warframe <laughs> Um, <laughs> which is what it do yeah. and they don't want to think like it'd be like it is but it do and like it's and that's difficult um to be excited about i find uh because same thing but a little bit prettier but not like a lot prettier and there's, there was an era 10 years ago 10 plus years ago where games could promise the fucking moon yeah. at E3. Like, Valve reveal Half-Life 2 and it will do everything. You've never seen a fucking seesaw yeah. before. Well, Sony could just have a video of some kind of feathers falling down yeah. and everyone would just... Really lose just, their fucking yeah, minds. Yeah. And so Cyberpunk feels like a return to that. Is that the last guard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they finally did them <laughs> 10 years later. Yeah. And this is that, right? Like, this is, like, this is that happening. And that doesn't mean that game will turn out to be all of those things. But if something's capable of evoking that kind of, like, um, slightly, obviously, sometimes embarrassing in retrospect, kind of like, I've got your real next gen here, then, uh, good for them and it. Because that is sort of what people are expecting from people like Kojima at the moment. And they showed more Death Stranding. Just, just to, we should definitely talk about Death Stranding. Um, but I just on Cyberpunk, uh, there is something that has dis, like, I've been a little bit disquieted for ever since the first trailer. Yeah. Which is a certain lechiness to women. Yes. And there was a lot of, apparently, uh, in the video that, that, that people, journalists were shown, the camera just, you, you can choose your, the, the gender of your character and all that kind of thing, but, but, the one that's shown in the video is a, is a woman and the camera is just on her ass a lot. And there's a lot of kind of nudity and stuff. Yeah. And like in a kind of like women nudity, not a man nudity, you know, less, you know, I, I, it's just a, it's a, cons- feel, it's a, a concern. Let you feel. And I don't think, I don't think CD project have the benefit of the doubt with that stuff. No. I think it's a legacy of the Witcher series. Yeah. Like, really. and the Witcher series handled it better with every, Insta- insta- yeah. installment yeah um but but I, but I was still like my wife would come in the room and i'd go <laughs> and she'd go what are you yeah doing? i have a bit of a <laughs> <laughs> and then you tab back into the witch in three <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good one yeah um this is the thing so this like i i want to tread carefully about this stuff because like i make you know i work on a a cyberpunk thing and i've got really strong opinions about cyberpunk generally um it is of a type with uh quite a lot of things that are considered to be cyberpunk which is it is 80s futurism um and that is more of a like a look than a setting it's more of a sort of set of ideas it takes a bit of work i think to successfully turn that set of tropes that sort of 80s idea of what future tech would look like into like a setting that means something. And I feel like they haven't shown that yet. The, the, what they've shown is the cool yeah. stuff you expect to see. You see someone's brain getting fried yeah, and by a bad no, VR no headset. Mouth. Yeah. You Electric got, mouth. It's, and it's just like, um, it's that sort of thing of, uh, like that very 80s cyberpunk thing of like sort of Scarface by way of Logan's run. Mm. Like, and you know, the ideas of what that money and tech gets used for. You know, I, I could talk about this at length. Like, this is probably a separate podcast, even. But like, they haven't shown like it, it is relatively easy to show divides between rich and poor and gangsters who've got 
poor gangsters, but they've got robot arms, that kind of thing. It's quite difficult, I think, to tell a story that has uh, sort of, uh, the, you know, yields some meaning and, and sort of weight out of those themes, the punkness of cyberpunk. I, have, I don't think I've really seen that. It, it felt like it looks like cyber rule of cool at the moment. And that's uh, given benefit of the doubt, maybe hopefully it will have a bit more substance to it than that. Um, but I knew, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, people had different responses to, uh, William Gibson's reaction to it, thinking that he looked, it looked like a sort of 80 cyberpunk skin over GTA. Yeah. Um, but I completely get why he would think that. And I agreed with that initial impression and I sort of trust. Yeah. I big, agree. Big Willie G. Because, you know, <laughs> on this sort of thing. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, The Witcher 3 is, you know, yeah, yeah. has a very, uh, in many hands, that entire world and, and the way it's shown and, and everything in it could be profoundly kind of boring. And it absolutely is not. I love that game, despite mm. its... Yeah, oh, this is what I mean. Like, that's, I guess what I'm saying, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a Witcher ignoramus, but... That's an area where they have got benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like that they can turn it. But I don't think you saw that from that trailer. And that's the yeah, area where I'd like to see them kind of. I would agree. That's where I'd like to see. Well, we've got a whole PR campaign to what wade through. What is it yet. about other than your cool car? Yeah. Mm. What else is on the list, Pip? We should so, talk about um, Death Stranding at some point. But Oh, yeah. Should we just do Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, your toenail come off, but you've got a baby in a jar. I showed, um, I showed my wife that trailer last night. And she was she was absolutely intrigued. She then got a little bit bored after the third or fourth minute of walking across the Hebrides. Uh, and then she got very bemused by the bit where he's walking across with a body on his back in a kind of wrapped up body. Yeah. And he normally falls over. Just a fun mummy. Yeah. <laughs> like your, your, your back, back mummy. Mm. So I have never seen a Death Stranding trailer. I have avoided them somehow. Like, mm. it just hasn't been on my radar. And But you sort of absorb these things through cultural osmosis. <laughs> and so it's somewhere in my head. I think Norman Reedus gives birth to a whale. Yeah, something like that. Is that it? Not I mean, he's fairly accurate. He's got to eat a little bug. <laughs> accurate enough. But, and also is a baby of himself. Is that a thing that baby? happens? I think so. There's a baby in a little There is jump. a baby. And it, and um, the baby has a bum. So, you know, this trailer, <laughs> this very portentous trailer with a very dirgy song, I've got to say, like, mm. it's a really dirgy kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of indie light song. And, um, but the whole thing, so it's, and it's very sort of uh, somber feeling overall, but it starts with uh, this kind of, sort of view of the baby's ass. <laughs> so the thing, the thing that strikes me every time people talk about it is that it seems to be less about a game that actually exists and more that someone is showing you a, a, a cinematic of their mood board. Mm. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely super felt mood, like mood, that. Mood yeah. Boarding. This was the first one like, that... Is there a game? This is what, the, well, this we is what we were talking that about. Like, this playable is, footage in there about, or, uh, or played okay. footage in there. About. Yeah, which was some sneaking and walking. It has a, a little light Climbing. that flashes to reveal uh, sky umbilical ghost f- human yeah. adult fetuses. Um, None that, of the gameplay looked especially so, here's my con- Here's my concern, Alex. <laughs> Here's my concern. If you are Hideo Kojima, you either retire a big boss 
<laughs> or you live long enough to see yourself become David Cage. <laughs> he's got, he's got, nobody, and he's da- it's dangerously close. He's got nobody on top of him anymore. Saying, uh, "Don't do you that." Just make video. a game out of that. <laughs> Like, um, <laughs> is, he, is this Quentin Tarantino syndrome? It, a little bit, like, yes. I will not be edited, and you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> so and I, he's, he, but he has somebody's edited him until now. Mm. Somebody, like, for you know, to, to greater or lesser kind of efficiency, but now there's no one there. Mm. I, you know, but it's still, there's still that Kojima kind of like. Holy shit, that's a fucking cool detail. Yeah, there's like there's an element of like you've never seen this. Like, yeah. You don't you don't know what it is, but you've never seen yeah. it. The game matters. What you do in the game matters. Like Metal Gear, for all of its madness, like all of the stuff that got layered onto it, the stuff it turned out to be about, and like it's it's his his ideas, like the the kajimaness of of its invention. <laughs> is it not just a man stuck in a box factory? <laughs> But, yeah, at its core, it's a game about a man stuck in a box factory. No, at its core, it's a spy game, right? Like, at its core, you can boil it down to a genre of cinema that has yeah. strong game applications, yeah. right? Like, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to shoot some people with a silenced pistol, and it's going to go, Feep! and it's going to be very gratifying. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and it could trade and develop on core mechanics that everyone understood and recognized and came to love, like the exclamation mark. Um, Which also had like, you know, if the first game was what, 1987 or something, might be yeah. before then, it also had fucking 20 years to percolate. <laughs> and become, and then, and, yeah. and go through this, vanish for a bit and be reinvented yeah. as Metal Gear Solid and, and have all of this. Uh, 30 like, years, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. It's old as I am. Yeah. Um, like, and, uh, which is not to say that Death Stranding couldn't be the start of something, but it, it's, it's it's why it's so important, I think, to Metal Gear that, like, even if, like, so many people will have totally ignored all the cutscenes in four or five, right? You know what I mean? Like, and they're interminable. But the way it could get away with 45 minutes of, like, the the Hideo Kojima movie show is because you were playing this really fun yeah. stealth action game. Yeah. Tactical espionage action. Yeah. It needs a cut, it needs a subtitle. Death Stranding needs a subtitle. So I think that's why Death Stranding has had such a focus on the actors. Hi- Death Stranding, hiking, baby mystery. Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. uh, what's his Norman name? Reedus. Norman Reedus, and then two actors, female actors who I, no, don't actually. Yeah, no, it, it could be Max well. Bionic Woman and. Well, that's right, yeah. Who Kojima's oh, characteristically God. really weird about. I, I was, I was obsessed with one of the Bionic Woman was a child, so I put her into my new game, but then artificially made her younger, so she's always the woman I loved. <laughs> Wow. It's all in but, it's amazing. Is she so, naked for breathing reasons? Probably. No. Probably. Yeah, God. Uh, so actually, so my friend Dan, uh, we talking, I, was talking, I, was, I was having this conversation. <laughs> she does wear a trouser suit. I was having this conversation last night. <laughs> On a beach. <laughs> that feels like you just... Surrounded do, by dead whales. <laughs> what do humans wear to the beach? <laughs> <laughs> um, my mood board says... <laughs> Uh, uh, my, wa- my wife or oh god no you say I was going to say so me and my friend Dan were talking about this last night and in the photo you see him holding in the trailer an older version of her appears to be in it uh, so nice. moving people getting older and younger rapidly may well be a thing oh, so uh, this is it this is this is the knackering way in which Hideo Kojima gets the benefit of the doubt <laughs> <laughs> um uh, my wife was upset with, um, I think she, she, you know, she, she's not interested in Kojima or anything like that at all, but, uh, she'd obviously immediately zeroed in on the fact that, obs- you know, he's obsessive about detail. Like mm. everything has to kind of be, 
you know, uh, to fit into the universe of the game and, and to be the very most kind of fidelital, fidelity, fidelitizing, good. It's just faithful. good. It's faithful. Highfalutin. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she was really upset by the invisible hand printing beast that kind of walks about in the sand. The fact that as it's so stepping, what? there's no you, you, you just weight transference as it so, Yeah. Hang on. Is this like a weird, like, subversion of, you know, why were there two? Why were there only one set of footprints in the sand? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jesus is like, Probably. well, at that point, so I was let like, me tell you about the handprints. <laughs> yeah. I was a big teleporting invisible baby <laughs> doing a handstand. It doesn't really lend itself to the inspirational poster so much, does it? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I've, can I talk about another mad Japanese game? Yeah, that is really good though. Uh, Yakuza is coming to B- P- the PC platform. <laughs> the P- the P- <laughs> BBC <laughs> <laughs> Micro. <laughs> Starting with Yakuza. Yakuza, yeah, which is actually a more recent Yakuza. Okay. Um, <laughs> that will be coming out first because it's actually the most recent game. Uh, well, no, it's actually no, it's the earliest it game. It's in the, se- in the sequence. Yeah. It's the mm. earliest game. Uh, and then, uh, Yakuza Kim, Kimari, Kimari, anyway, which is a remake of Yakuza 1 that comes after that. Uh, if you haven't played Yakuza, this is good news because Yakuza is cool and it's cool because it's just some, a game that you settle into and you play walking around an open stretch of kind of sort of incredibly real feeling Japanese city. So uh, Yakuza Zero is set in uh, Tokyo and in oh, another, but another city. Um, and you walk around, you take quests. There's very, very, very long cutscenes. There are insane mini games in which you do karaoke, karaoke and, Oh God, all sorts of things. You play games and you just all sorts of things. Um, and you just settle into it and you just, and it's got this goofy sort of lovableness underneath this hard boiled kind of Yakuza kind of culture, uh, depiction. And, and so people are getting shot and there's kind of real stuff going on, but also your hard boiled character by the, you know, into the series has a, owns an orphanage and looks after children and will take a quest looking after puppies and, and helps little children who, uh, queuing up to buy like the latest game that's just been released and someone steals their copy that they finally got, you know, it's <laughs> Kick just, the shit it's got it. this heart of gold, which somehow, somehow this game manages. And I think it's part of my kind of sort of the, I, I play it quite wrapped. And I think that the fascination for it for me is how it, treads this razor blade of just sort of him being believably kind of heart-filled and also just punching everybody (laughs) he meets (laughs) but it has this sort of internal rule where he never starts a fight Mm. he just wins it at the end you know and somehow i think that's part of it that's sort of the like the I was going to say that Mr. T logic. Do I mean that? It's sort of like a, like a pro wrestler's yeah, kind of personality, yeah. right? Like he's a face. Violence is bad, kids, but always yeah. make sure you yeah. win. <laughs> if you're going to suplex somebody, yeah. <laughs> do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm really pleased that it's coming out, and I, I hope that it goes down well on PC because if anybody's expecting some sort of free roaming open world game, sort of set in kind of like this hard boiled world, like 
and 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 maybe they've also absorbed the kind of like the zany side of it and think that it's all going to be laughs and laughs like it's not that and you will be sitting there waiting for cutscenes to end a lot but like you know you just let that wash over you and you know yeah i love it Hmm. Hmm. what else be on the list um, so a game that I don't necessarily want to talk about a lot, but which the trailer continues to look, the game continues to look amazing is Sea of Solitude. Mm. Um, it's the one which is essentially about a girl called Kay who starts to turn into a monster because loneliness causes humans to become monstrous. And it's about her adventures in this world as she tries to sort of i guess figure out what has happened to her and also to the the monsters she encounters and stuff like that and i don't really know much else about it i think they've spoken a little bit in the past about you know what one can expect or do in the in that game i think you know it's things like um mentioning that the emotional state of the main character or, you know, surrounding monsters can affect things like the water level in the world as you sort of huh. motorboat around. Um, but also like, I, there's, there's a part of me that is content just to be interested in it and then wait till it comes out and play it, you know, rather than, mm. you know, keep it in mind, you know, uh, and that might just be me not liking to, anticipate games i i prefer to forget about them and be surprised by them when they arrive um limited success in that with the industry that i work in <laughs> and needing to write news and be aware of things but you know i i remember actively trying to forget about games that i'm excited about because otherwise i just so you know you you ruin it for yourself by scouting out all the details or trying to figure out what it is and then if it isn't that how do you make peace with it or you know all of that stuff so it just seemed to be a charming indie project with a lot of heart mm. and water who's so, it by um i think it is yo my games which is a german studio but the reason that it was on the big stage was because ea have picked it up for their ea originals right. thing but it's been knocking around for a while now so i think people have seen you know gifs of it at various stages and they've done interviews every now and again yeah. so yeah mm. um but yeah so that was beautiful um and then one that i'm you know that that is more i guess did you guys see morning star no so it was a trailer that started off very um farming sim y in terms of I'm thinking more in terms of um uh Stardew Valley and you're mm. you know growing crops or whatever. But then the trailer shifts into being a uh you know, I think a computer in a warehouse. Oh, is this one? It, you know, yeah, that yeah. thing. Um and so it feels like the they're they're actually just using the farming um experience as an analogy for you trying to i guess use the technology that has ruined the world to try and rebuild it um so you're essentially cultivating systems and communities and people but you know the the analog would be you know actually making a garden or something mm. um and i just i really liked that idea i have no idea how it's going to come out and whether it's going to be something that i subsequently enjoy playing um because i do 
genuinely enjoy the aesthetic of you know a garden as opposed to a server farm it was but you know <laughs> but i there was sufficient in that idea that i was suddenly oh okay i you know i just thought you know when i was scrubbing through glancing at things just going oh okay well that you know that'll be a thing that isn't up my alley at all because it just looks like a you know a game about computers um but it you know what i mean like no but I, you, okay. game on computer fine game about computer not no <laughs> but you know because i know my limitations or i mm. know what i find quite frustrating or that doesn't come naturally but that idea felt kind of interesting enough that uh, it yeah mm. it, it's something that I want to see more of or know more of. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Control? Was that on either of your lists? Uh, so that one, that's one I completely didn't... I, haven't seen I would like long. to give them a big shout out for winning the 2018 Volume Award for ungoogleable video game name. Control. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can't even put control game because it's like, oh. No, you can't put game control. You can't put control game. Um, to be honest, even if you put remedy game control, then you might just get the controls for Alan Wake. Like, <laughs> or it might just be like, oh, you're having this problem with your controller. And you're yeah, like, exactly. Oh. Um, I do like the look of it a lot. The sort of crazy X-Files concept episode shooter it thing looks somewhere is between um do you remember that film cube about that mm. um, the cube the, but the cube <laughs> yeah. that reconfigures itself yes it does right? yeah so there's it uh, it's set in that house that reconfigures itself in that weird escher-esque yeah. way but also the aesthetic and you know people floating in midair and the sort of slightly noirish mm. it reminded me more of in uh inside is it inside uh you know play dead's the one after limbo inside yeah inside. yeah yeah i it think it reminded um, me a lot of that if i was writing a uh back a back of the box blurb for the story in the manner of famously the vision i would say that it was set on the day when the cubism went bad <laughs> i see hmm. but yeah so that that is one that i think will be because remedy i think i'll i'll play it you know I'll yeah, see yeah. What they've got how to similar say. is it to quantum leap um i don't know because i didn't play quantum break, break when you, what you were trying to get me to do not this time, <laughs> Alex. Um, it looked like it looks. It looks like very much like a game remedy would make. I think because I it did way. remind me of the X Files, same as you. Like that's the the key to making me more interested than I would be. I th yeah, I think I would normally go. That is definitely a remedy game, and the people around me who I know really enjoy their games will tell me if it's one of the ones I will enjoy. Good right? remedy. Mm. Um, but this actually, you know, it it felt like it was a lot more the sort of things that I will habitually seek out for and entertainment you know that yeah yeah. yeah i like it was almost on my list mm, but didn't almost. quite make it because of my, like my process of pruning down to two games i think i think the paper kind of cheated here yeah well, hang on were we supposed to do that it was going to be with two games each yeah. year oh. but it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. oh I didn't we've had a good because, because in, email <laughs> Because Chris did say at the start of the whole podcast, he said, we won't, we won't pick all of the games of E3 yeah. because that would be too much. Well, I have a 
doesn't. But that speaks, <laughs> to, that speaks to this buffet of E3 that I was talking about earlier. So FIFA 19, what yeah, are your a thoughts? Big, a big shout out. A big shout out to the five games we didn't get around oh, to. I'm so sorry. <laughs> because they were on consoles or something. I don't know. No, that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. I'll get rid of that one then. So I, in that case, I will just mention the others, but like she's, for the reasons. She's still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Because yeah. I've committed to this, Alex. Um, so I wanted to mention um, Captain Spirit, which is the, oh, yeah. the oh, yeah. don't nod thing that is set in the same universe as um life is strange and it's i only really wanted to mention it because i'm still not sure how i feel about further life is strange games Mm. and even less sure how i feel about you know expanding that universe like i kind of i get it but at the same time i'm wary Mm. because i loved life is strange it had its problems but i loved it and i kind of and the uh the prequel was also interesting like it's a yeah so i've I've written about that before and talked about it before but is it a bit like uh the prospect of a dad's army feature film coming out you know last <laughs> year, the other year well is it like that <laughs> no, you just leave it things like it's not at all. in no way is it like that I can't even with you. This must be how you feel with me a lot. Um, <laughs> I think it's partly that I... Did they finish this up? Because I I've, <laughs> I played like half of the first one mm. of the first... Well, Life is Strange. I only didn't play it anymore because it, I got it on PS4 and it runs horrible mm. and on there. And it does I run horrible. Was, and I was kind of distracted and, mm. and like... Yeah. That's reasonable. I wanted to play more and I just didn't get around to it. But So the thing I think I'm a bit concerned about with Don't Nod is that because they've got the Life is Strange 2 coming up. Haven't they got another thing? And there's like a TV show and then now there's this. And I'm just a little bit worried that they are going to return to that well too many times. Well, I think that the, the fact that this new one is free, isn't it? Yeah. So it's basically a vehicle for publicity mm. so then mm. it's the fate of the series is what was they've it they've also got that other one haven't they they've got a different thing that they're working on they? that is somehow tied into bandai namco yeah I think. what's that yeah that's the, uh, that the one that's set bell. in like rural america somewhere yeah. I, I can't remember the the update on that but anyway mm. um but yeah i just i sort of it it was equally intriguing to me but also i um, i'm not Mm. I was I was kind of unconvinced by the kind of father son dad. I think dad time I wanted kind of to see more. That's of... a thumbs down from our dad correspondent. <laughs> I wanted to see more of it to know whether the negative judgment I'd made was fair. That's but that's not a great reason. I think to... celebrate that negative. <laughs> we sure action. have. Okay, we sure yeah. have on this episode. Like in a world <laughs> where they sort of had an interesting like female character dynamic and mm, I, I yeah. really really loved that and celebrated that then to sort of have a thing that uh, you know and, and they this was a thing that I think cause didn't transference have a similar it was that Elijah Wood thing oh, yeah. and it was basically like a man who wasn't there for his kid has now somehow trapped him in VR or something I don't yeah. know uploaded him to a server and, like I don't know <laughs> dad drama <laughs> dad no mishaps idea. 
it's what you come like, to video games for. And after God of War, like, you know, that's done the ultimate the final dad. dad the yeah. final dad. And maybe it's just that, like, I'm not the target audience and that people who are feel very... I would say that, a, like, a strange to. fan is pretty squarely yeah. in the people they should be appealing to. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I just, I kind of looked at it and thought, wow, that's another story in that mold that I just, I don't want to sit through. And that worries me because it's like, oh, are you just going to keep going back to this popular well and diluting it with things that I just have no interest in? How do you dilute a well? Look. <laughs> Are you going back to the well and then pissing in it? Is this after the strawberries? And then the well is full of strawberries. <laughs> Are they pissy strawberries at this point or is that later? Are they being washed? <laughs> That's why they're in the well, Alex, obviously. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> Look, I don't know what I'm talking about because that analogy went really, really wrong. Anyway, um, so that was... That was the thing that I only wanted to touch on for a sentence. Um, Babylon's <laughs> Fall also just looked fun. Oh, yeah. That was, Babylon's you know, Fall. It's the new Platinum Fall. game. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was the trailer that was like, which one is this? And then yeah. it's like a new game from Platinum. And you're like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It looked okay. I liked yeah. how all yeah. of the enemies looked upholstered. It, it was, was like brilliant. It was, <laughs> yeah. They did. Um, they, it was firmly in the category of games, as with everything from the Bethesda conference, where I'm like, boy, mm. good. Yeah. 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 Mm. Platinum. Mm. Um, yeah. And my final sentence, Ooblets continues to look lovely. I was I was thinking, not really said Ooblets yet. And you said Ooblets, so that's saved. The dance <laughs> the dance offs just, you know. Mwah. I thought Chris would be super into that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> You didn't see it. I haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> I see. I thought somehow the dance-off would have called you from, you know, from... He'd have sensed it. I've been too, yeah. I've been too well catered to. Vegetables dance-off thing. Yeah. How I feel about that. That sounds like it's a crime against nature, but I will check it out. Um, <laughs> so that's all of E3. That's all of E3. And we legit do not have time to talk about what we've been playing this week. I'm so sorry. So... We'll bounce straight to questions. Why didn't... Indeed. So when I brought out a sheet of paper with a lot more than two game names written I, on it, what were you thinking? I thought... Why did you not intervene? I'm not the note police. That could have yeah. been... Could, I don't... Um, notes. Just notes. I don't, you know, I'm not getting... I'm not going to interfere in someone else's note business. Your note business is your own business. No, you just like words. But also, I had no way of, of uh, knowing the volume of Alex's note-taking because he you was did. using his telephone. Because of the email. <laughs> <laughs> there was... There was a, a very... Right. It was a very... It was, it a, makes... it was a beautifully <laughs> concise email, I was, thought, as well. Yeah. I believe I to understand. <laughs> and you did. In two emails, in fact. <laughs> You responded to it twice. In fact, your second email said which games you were going to look at. Did they? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. What was that? Okay, uh, fine. I don't I'm know. Check. But that would it make was... a lot more sense because when you came downstairs for this podcast and said, no, no, no need, they're in my head. And yeah. I was like, wow. Because <laughs> there were two of them. <laughs> Good. Well, it's okay. Our, um, our takes on what we've been playing will keep for we another can week. We always like excise this from the podcast. No, because it's. I've, it is the podcast. It is the it's been podcast. Done now. It was good. It's very it was, late at I night. I think it was pip. top quality. Top quality content. I I can easily sit on my takes on uh, Vampire and Jurassic World Evolution until mm. next week. Indeed. Um, I have opinions on at least one of those. Yeah. 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 It's Let's vampire. go to questions. Let's do. Do you questions. have any questions? <laughs> 
Let's do the questions. Okay. So that we can go to sleep. Chris there. It's so exhausting. When you're not there and not really paying attention until you're suddenly (laughs) intensely paying attention. That half hour I spent researching is really hitting me. It is. You'll be very pleased to know that our first question comes from me, Chris, and it is, am I going to sneeze? Because I feel like I am. It looks like you are. I mean, live the sneeze you want to be in the world. I I was going to burp. Anyway, let's move on. Sam. Sam writes, greetings. I was playing an early... (laughs) (laughs) Greetings. 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 Sam. I've broken this. Um... Sam writes, greetings. <laughs> Help. He doesn't write. I wrote that with my mouth. Mouth <laughs> writing. <laughs> I was playing an early build of Terry Kavanagh's Dicey Dungeons a week or so before it was discussed in episode two for one. And I experienced a curious phenomenon. That's a rhyme. What? <laughs> While I played, particularly while musing on where to assign dice in some of the more fiddly fights. Also a rhyme. <laughs> Ish, a half rhyme. I heard the voice of Tom Francis in my head breaking I down. Know. I think Chris is broken. <laughs> I heard the voice. broke Chris. I heard the voice of Tom Francis in my head breaking down the tactical situation I was in, in the style of his recountings of play on the pod or his YouTube playthroughs of games like Into the Breach. Needless to say, hearing him actually discuss Dicey Dungeons in episode 241 was at once familiar and eerie. <laughs> Tom and his eerie. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> <game> descriptions. <laughs> Have any of you ever experienced a phenomenon like this as you played a game? Uh, he describes this as inventing your own streaming slash let's play commentary from someone you know personally or through the media. And that's from Sam. I like to think it means, have you ever personally experienced a visitation <laughs> Tom. from Tom Francis? <laughs> Perching on the chair. To be fair, I actually do, to some extent, I've never heard his voice. Who, hey, Tom? Yeah. You know what he looks like. I mean, no, I mean, no, I obviously, I've, I've never, like, I've never, I don't I'm, listen to I've the never, man. I've never instantiated his voice. I've never within. hallucinated his voice. Over a game that when I'm he phones playing. me, I hang up. <laughs> Don't speak. Two hundred and forty-two episodes, and I've edited most of them and <laughs> listened to a word of him. No, uh, what I mean is, I never like hallucinated. But Tom is a very distinctive way of playing games, and I did work with Tom in the office, in the PC Gamer office, for a long time. Where every lunchtime, it wouldn't be lunchtime if Tom hadn't shouted at some point. Oh, come on! Yeah, that is the only phrase um, that I know he says. And so there's. <laughs> Sometimes that, that does come into my mind. That would be Pokemon noise. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. It wouldn't be his own name. Oh, come on. <laughs> Gotta catch him. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, come on. It's Tom Francis. <laughs> oh, this question has gone so weird. <laughs> I mean, no, the question was, oh, no, not weird, but it's, gone wrong. it was destined. Are you haunted by a YouTuber? <laughs> um, Is it a popular streamer? Yeah. Uh, no, you? I don't really have, the, I, I guess I, um. You're under the influence. I think, so I genuinely, I, I think I have a different thing because I edit most of the pods. Mm. Um, I am, I will spend whole days or like whole mornings, like, <laughs> Enmeshed in, uh, the voices, enmeshed in, in the voices of my friends, Tom, uh, Marsh, Pip, mm. Alex. Like, I'll hear your voices a lot. And, and, and often it's on the background. I'm just listening for the show notes or something like that or editing or, or whatever. So I listen 
to like twice as much of you guys as anyone else does because I'm here when it happens and then I edit it. So, so Whereas I'm not listening. Even so sometimes talking. this used to, this used to happen both when Marsh when I lived with Marsh and also now that you, you know I live with you, Pip. You're like uh, I would back then it would be like I wouldn't see Marsh like all day because he'd be in his office or something, and then I'd see him in the kitchen. But I'd assume that I'd been talking to him all day. Mm. So anyway, it would be, might be nice to get a break. Yeah. Oh, Mark, <laughs> like, just get out. Christ. Jesus. I don't want to see a human being. He, <laughs> he would say. Um, and the same is true with you. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Like, sometimes when I interrupt you while you're pocket, you do seem to get very confused. And also, yeah. like, what do you need yeah. now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had similar things. Not exactly the same, but I used to do transcribing a lot. And... I remember you sent me a file that you needed transcribed for work and I, <laughs> you said hello and I said hello back, which was not my finest hour, especially <laughs> given that I was in a cafe at the time. <laughs> um, so things like that happen. I will say it's, I don't get that, but I think maybe that's more because I don't listen to or watch people playing games in no, that way i agree mm. i i think um, it might be a slightly generational and cultural thing I don't but i will say if i have been binging on work by an author that has who has a very distinctive voice i do start incorporating their phraseology into my like internal monologue i guess yeah it happens quite a lot with um there's an author called barbara pym who is amazing um but i do find my like it's less so in conversation but more in my yeah in that internal monologue where i'm just sort of like pottering around the house that that her turns of phrase pop up and they're quite um archaic so if they start making their way into my writing or my (laughs) language it's you know it doesn't really help with the idea that i'm accidentally from the 30s or so you know like from some rural they got that with cormac mccarthy (laughs) clipped sort of three word Mm. sentences Mm -hmm. i definitely like absorb mannerisms but that's a different thing that's just imitative yeah speech yeah. or like when you come back from seeing your family and, and yep. you're suddenly a lot more scouse yeah yeah that's booze or family or both <laughs> it does that um mm. but yeah so kind of ish but not not in, in this that particular same way. yeah not in the way that tom crouching upon his shoulder our next question <laughs> is mean, actually I'd just be like tom why are you here like how <laughs> did you get in <laughs> did we forget to lock the door <laughs> well our next question is actually from a Tom. Mm. There are more than one of them. He it writes, this podcast. Tom writes, Dear Cress Thurston, Tom Franceg, Philippa Warburton's, <laughs> and guest condiments. That's a sandwich. What part of the sandwich would you be, Alex? Limp, Alec, cucumber. Wiltshire, ham. Wilted lettuce. <laughs> Alice, wilted lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks, he writes, mate. No worries. Anytime. <laughs> It was the BLT that ended a friendship. Um, <laughs> Tom writes, because we need to get through these questions. Um, are some games too big to get into now? My, I don't know why I'm enjoying this cadence so much, but I do. Uh, my group of friends play a lot of online games, and I feel I've missed the boat on some of them. I've not been into MOBAs before. So the, the idea of needing 2,000 hours experience before becoming competent is daunting. 
Conversely, Rainbow Sitch, Sitch, <laughs> Rainbow Sitch Saigi seems more accessible to me, though I haven't jumped on the siege train just yet. Is that just because FPS is a genre I'm used to, or is there something different about their advertising of the game? How do big, you need a lot of experience to join in games entice new people in? Am I approaching it or looking at it the wrong way? Or is accessibility for competitive games a wider problem? Loving the pod. Tom. Hmm. I think the key is one one of his first sentences, which is friends. Like, I don't think I could ever get into a multiplayer game without... Owen Hill. Friend, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Pretty much is. I still haven't played Fortnite, which is probably a crime, isn't it? Yeah. Youth police coming for you. Um... And that's because I kind of want to play it. I need to play it with a friend, preferably one that knows, you know, what to do. Mm. I just, you know, that faltering first kind of like, mm. stumbling about the thing. And I quite like shot. that stuff. I'm maybe not the person to ask. I, I think f- it's, it's interesting because I think that the idea that you need, uh, you know, that, that it is the type of game that needs that level of experience to participate fully can get in the way of itself because Mm. as somebody who has that 2000 hours of dota under my belt i can happily say i am not competent in any way shape or form in fact i chris and i were having a conversation the other day about how i don't i feel like i know less now than I did at the start because you know, now just how much I you don't know. yeah mm. and and I'm less confident in just picking the same few heroes you know because I I feel like oh it's probably to my detriment or I should you know try and experience more things or be expert in more things or know what everyone's spells do and be on the receiving mm. end of to to get out of mm. this. But, you know, to make progress or, you know, to be able to meaningfully contribute. Whereas I think that can just get in the way of you playing the game because you start second guessing yourself or you start feeling like, oh. Mm. I think Alex is right that the way into these games is just having friends you can play with. I think one of the reasons that Battle Royale is such a successful genre is its skill requirement is very broad Mm. like and sort of obfuscated by the structure of the game Mm. like you are heavily dependent on your teammates uh to a degree that can make hyper competitive play appealing in that if you're all very good you can make use of that but strangely it doesn't really matter like Mm. there's a strange thing like in in any in any noba moba you might name um there is a requirement, you know, it makes a big difference if there is uh, someone on the team who is not as experienced, mm-hmm. it changes the dynamic uh, totally. It not just makes things harder for the person who's new, it puts a lot of extra pressure on, I was talking to a friend about this last night, that um, it's a very different experience for us, um, a friend who is about the same level as me in Dota, he's a little bit better, but when we play, we tend to get matched people who are on the same level, but normally we're playing people with widely different ratings. And it's difficult for everybody because it puts me in an uncomfortable position of usually having to carry a little bit harder than I want to. Um, and whereas in a battle royale game, differences in, in skill level are less pronounced because, um, uh, there's just the possibility space is so broad. Yeah, you might not get shot. Yeah, and know. if you do, you and if you do, right. then you watch your friends yeah. stumble about, and then they die, and then you. Yeah, yeah. You would also say that in any shooter, there is a basic um thing that you can communicate, and that is shared across all the characters. As in, if you shoot, oh sorry. yeah, sorry, no, no, go. On. If you shoot the the character, 
the other, you know, the enemy, yeah. then you have done a good thing. Yeah. Whereas there are so many things in, in like, you know, I think mm. for me, Rainbow Six Siege, even though I find it hugely overcomplicated in terms of the, you know, the, the stuff at my disposal to mm. use, I, I still think it's fundamentally a more approachable prospect because it is at the end it's, of the day. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I, I was, was just going to say that the Siege does really, um, uh, sort of, I'd feel daunted. Yeah, I was going to because you know that other members of the, of the team mm. are going to go. Don't put that there. That isn't part of the plan. You got to put it there. Yeah. And there. Look, you got yeah. to that. Not that window. That isn't in that's, the meta at the moment. That's like, exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Like siege for me is the shooter where that doesn't apply mm. because the knowledge, um, the knowledge. Uh, this, I guess what you're talking about. So you're talking about games that are predominantly tactical in execution, which most shooters are. So it's just about your twitch skill. I mean, a little bit more accessible because everyone's on that that uh spectrum somewhere of skill um siege has a moba's level of mm. knowledge uh, cap, yeah. uh knowledge ceiling knowledge climb whatever you'd call it um as well so if you don't know the maps if you don't know the maps the positions of the cameras what characters to play how to play them where to go when to go there um mm. what walls to sit by more so than counter-strike even then you're doing it wrong mm. and it's possible um it's it's it would be rare that shooting the the bad man would be a mistake but you could end up distracting the enemy team in a way that fucks up the playbook that everybody else agrees on mm. so it is actually easy as a new player to completely fuck up yeah i, in, I can't siege. i just don't i don't mm. even know like how i i you know i learned unless it's with the team of friends i learned by just religiously following other people yeah. and kind of doing what they were doing and even then that's a mistake sometimes because like oh you're playing this character why are you, you flanking doing? why are you yeah running? like yeah. yeah, you should be over there. Why are you following Mira? Yeah, exactly. But even like a friend, like even friends who are into that game, who are mm. you know actual IRL friends, they've they've been so immersed in just mm. playing that they haven't been able to really help me. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm just all feeling like a spare wheel. Think- yeah, Dota's actually better for that because people have downtime. And also it's more visible. Like, mm. you know, you can watch other players. Even the crazy, like, opening, driving your little remote control robot camera around at the start of the siege level is like mm. some, there's a ritual to that and mm. how you do things and how you check things and how you do and don't hide your camera bot. That is all stuff you have to learn. Terrifying. It's great, think- but it's terrifying. I think um what it always boils down to is the people that you play with Mm. so you know even if they are super advanced if they are people who you can trust not to shout at you while you try and figure things out or who you will always have a laugh with when you are hanging out then i think that that's always a good thing and and i know that not everyone gets to do that you know you you don't necessarily have x amount of friends who are also willing to either buy the thing or install the thing or, you know, play with you at whatever time. So it's, it, it is a bit of a luxury, but there are definitely groups of people who I will happily hang out with, um, and, and do whatever. Like it doesn't mm. matter what we're playing. It's the fact that those people will always make me laugh or they won't have a go at me if I don't do the exact right thing. They might get a bit chippy if, you know, if we've been trying to do a thing for ages, like yeah, yeah. a destiny raid or something. <laughs> but, um, and they're the sort of people who, cause I remember 
you know, trying to review multiplayer things for work. And it's weirdly distorting to play it with people you genuinely get on with because you, you sometimes think, oh, this is a better game than it is because you like the people. And yeah. so you have to sort of try and play it with, you know, with, with strangers to, to actually recalibrate that sense of, but, but yeah, I think if you can, and, and also, um, some of the games have been better at the onboarding process more recently. So mm. Dota used to be, this just you learn you get good you know there's a reason that purges like intro sequence mm. was called you know welcome to dota you suck or you know words to that mm. effect um and so but now it's got things like you know it has the bare bones of a tutorial it has other tools that you can use and it has turbo mode which takes the pressure off and you can experiment with characters mm. and, and it's a bit less of a pressure cooker yeah, yeah. Environment. I think, I think, um, it's interesting. I think one thing about that is always true and it applies across these games is I, I think with a lot of these games, it's actually better to enter the game with a team of friends who are equally new than to rely on the kind of expert friend showing you the ropes thing. Mm. I think that's sort of underrated part of it. Like, I think if you can find that situation, that opens up Rainbow Siege tremendously because yes. you don't know what the best thing to do is. You just do what you think is right. And you'll be matchmaked against... Yeah, exactly. The, the, the matchmaking people. thing. And you also get that cute, like, interaction of, you know, a friend who you maybe have in that group going away and going, oh, I read this thing and it says yeah. we should be over here this time. So yeah. do you want to try that? Which, you is, know. which is Owen Hill saying, I've been on the Reddit for... I've been on Reddit subreddit for this for five days and i half know <laughs> one thing <laughs> and he's right <laughs> yeah. um our next question kind of touches on this so i want to read it out now because mm. it is related and we were almost getting into that territory so this is from travis who writes how about that multiplayer game multiplier fuck chris you idiot um <laughs> Wow, he's sent a mean letter. (laughs) (laughs) Travis writes, Hello. (laughs) How about that multiplayer game trajectory? Chaotic equality at release as everyone finds their footing, followed by a meta emerging and a distillation of the player base. A patch occasionally rustles the meta, but equilibrium returns. Obsessive 16-year-olds rule the roost. Eventually, death. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, job done. That's that's a good summary. I, I was trying to read this in the manner of like, uh, like I don't know, like the 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 not announcer. What we're talking about the what do they call the person who narrator? That's it of like a storage wars show or something. <laughs> what do you call the person who narrates? The yeah. thing? <laughs> I enjoy the first few months because I'm old and gainfully employed. The chaos allows for breadth of playstyles mm. rather than the rarefied optimum. Is there a way of keeping a game in this early state? If so, why hasn't it been done? Yours, Travis, aka TJ House on Discord. Uh, I'm going to start a fire. Um and say <laughs> Okay. Uh, so you are going to answer it as well. Yes. Um uh and that's an ornamental fireplace. <laughs> I am going to say that Dota 2 does solve this problem. And it is one of the only games that solves this problem that always feels new and dynamic and un- unsolved, which I think is the, the early status you are looking for. There is a whole patch that I don't think, with you. I don't think that I don't think that it addresses his specific example. I think it here. does. And because the, he, it, but it's not like the equality kind of chaotic equality where everybody kind so of you can't, is stumbling you, you around. You cannot have you cannot have equality in a competitive game. 
forever. People can't be equally Why? good at it. Why? Because people Chris? get good at it's things. It's not fair. People spend though. time. Humans. It's not fair. So humans spend time and learn things. Why? <laughs> Why are there poor people? Why is there death? I, <laughs> I do not learn anything. <laughs> but for people on the same skill band, join me in my Dota Two adventures. Never played that before. <laughs> What's this? Dota manages it because it's both hugely deep and constantly changing, and those are the two things you need. You need a big deep well. You need to f- a just keep adding, big, deep just keep adding well. strawberries. <laughs> Chuck them in, piss them in, piss in the well. <laughs> Sometimes you piss in the well. Sometimes you pour tea down the well. I don't know. What am I talking about? Help. Stir the well. Keep it Dota fresh. Dota solves this. If, you know, Keep the strawberries with, fresh by with pissing the ex- on with them. With the exception of the, the fact ammonia that... ammonia keeps them fresh. It is flatly too much to ask for a competitive game to remain equal for all I think that's, that, that is the thing. Like it, in, in, for a game to be good... Yeah. You you know you can have a really shit game yeah. that's so bad. Flipping, that nobody, flipping, there aren't any kind of inherent flipping a coin or rolling a dice. Yeah. Those are games that remain equal exactly. for all players at all times. Um, so basically, Travis, you're doomed. You're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> or you keep so, buying new games and you go bankrupt. So yeah. something that I have found interesting because I think we've had actually pretty similar conversations because I you know not necessarily with Dota being new because it was obviously not new even when the beta on uh the yeah steam side the of ongoing it, beta it's out now um <laughs> they're currently having to ban a, a particular kind of very big bird um from use in the open qualifiers for the international because people have discovered that it's uh the whirlwind it can make interferes with the hitbox for the actual fucking navigation cursor, the mouse cursor of players in such a way that if you try and get past it, you go backwards. Hang on, what? is this one of the neutral groups? Yeah, the yeah. Wild Wing. Yeah. A band. If you yeah. abuse that Wild Wing, nice. you get wow. kicked out of the international. Oh, wow. Lordy. I didn't that know that. is a so quality bug. Anyway. So, uh, uh, where was I? What was <laughs> I talking about? Who are you? Dota 2. <laughs> so, games. yeah, hang on. E3. Death Stranding. No, no, stop <laughs> messing with my head. Um, Why the baby in there? No, we were talking about, hang on, we were talking <laughs> about friends. Baby in the dead whale. And then, Sable looks nice. <laughs> no, hang on, I, I had a point. I had a point. It was probably going to be great. We don't know. Teasing Pip is a game <laughs> that is, remains equal for all players. You are the shark. So... No, I do, I like, because when, okay, when we first started playing Dota with a, a handful of friends, mm. people were in that sort of experimental mindset and, like, excited to True try that. weird things. And, yeah. you know, that was, I really loved that. And then as soon as you get to the point where, because, you know, people do try and figure out what works. And that, you know, it makes sense. And I do think that as long as there are you know, better combinations than others. There will always be that, that specter of a meta hanging over, even if it's mm. only a mild one, right? Yeah. Um, and I genuinely miss that. And I, I think I've written before about this trajectory that friendships take. Cause you know, after that initial thing, when everyone's finding their footing, other people will, you know, zoom off into the distance and other people will fall mm. behind. And it's about navigating that and sort of, yeah. you know, the, the hurt that that can cause. Cause it really yeah, can if you spend a lot of time with all, a game or with people. All competitive multiplayer games that you play with your friends take place during the last summer before everyone goes off to college 
yeah. in a teen drama. Yeah, that's it. It's very, yeah, dead on. But there's also... And which is heightened by the kind yeah. of, like, the, like, destiny leveling. Yeah. Which will actually, you know, quite apart from personal skill, just sheer time will yeah. tear you Damn. Out. Damn. <laughs> Don't you... Anyway, Pippa, you were saying? That was... Oh, I was going to say something, and I swear it was going to be, like, profound or something, and I don't even remember what I was talking about three minutes ago. What was I talking about just? Because I swear that uh, Playing with a group related. of friends, and everyone zooms off in different directions, and yeah. um, people move on, and everyone changes, and, and life just changes around you, and sometimes you feel the same, but your friends are all different, and sometimes they're different, but so are you. And you eat and you have nothing to say, but then you do and you remember how it was and you think, thanks, for God, said all of this. What was the actual <laughs> question? <laughs> um, how does it, how does it, is it how's reasonable the, how does the game stay? for a competitive multiplayer game to maintain that honeymoon pizzazz? Oh, yeah. I think you just have to buy a new game and convince all your friends <laughs> to play that with you. Owen. And just Owen. as, and just as, and just as people start to kind of find their feet and feel good about playing, you've got to yank them out and get them into another game. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that, I mean, that is, that is solution. Like, you know, dabble, yeah. dabble, dabble. But, you know, dabble, dabble. I think life is an endless cavalcade of, disappointment and <laughs> lost beauty and a 16 year old will always be better at you in any given computer game <laughs> and we, you and i can walk into Fortnite if you like alex we should do that step yeah. step but at there. this point it, this is a lot like it's end of the night oh, and the yeah. pub is closing and you, go, do you want to go to a club and you go to a club for five minutes you're like oh no oh it's very loud in here. <laughs> so i remember what i was there's somebody <laughs> standing on a rocket going past your head <laughs> exactly how oh. are they building that big ramp oh how do you build? <laughs> so the thing that I meant to say, which uh, is not as profound as I thought, um, <laughs> but it was this sense of that the meta does solidify into this thing and becomes a set of, you know, precepts that people take mm. and, you know, build on, but the, the fundamental shape doesn't change and it's things like i sometimes found myself in dota playing and you know we would assign lanes and roles and whatever else and i just have this little rebellious thing in the back of my mind going what if we just don't what if we don't lane right yeah, what if yeah. we don't you know what if there is this secret of the way to mm. play this game that is actually just as good, but that just doesn't look like what everyone does. And maybe the yeah. game just shook down into this format and has become this thing. And there's the scope for it to be so much more or different or whatever, but we've now got stuck in this feedback loop of this is how it just is. I think that's a mark of like, I think that gets to what, Chris was saying about Dota in that, like, it's a game that has so much in it that that it would support that yeah, sense of that kind is, of wondering. That is what makes Dota so magical. Is like you just don't, but you everything don't works. Like everything so can work. But I mean, and I, so I sort of get what you're getting at with that, but I do think that at this point, there's that feedback loop of this is how people play, and therefore we balance around that. And I think even maybe if it wasn't necessarily well, as set they in don't. stone, as they it, would. That, that's bad balancing, though. Like to balance simply yeah. to support the existing. If anything, way I feel like play, I feel they, like they want to shape things up like all the yeah. time. 
But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm obviously expressing the sentiment badly, but there's like, there are some building blocks of, you know, it isn't just that this is a, a map that happens to have people on it and we can do whatever, right? It's not that it's balanced to, to produce a certain type of play, but it is balanced with something in mind. Mm. To some extent, although like, I would say that one of the interesting things about the most recent, like, year of Dota or so is that, um, and I don't want to get too deep into this because it's the end of the pod and everyone's tired and everyone wants to go to sleep. But um, something that struck me as notable about the way that the game has been patched is that push towards generalization, the push towards the idea that anyone can do anything and that the way things are laned, uh, particularly at the skill bracket most people play at, doesn't really matter. Like uh, hardcore support characters getting absurd carry talents late in their trees. So suddenly Crystal Maiden, the kind of, you know, picture of a support as most people think it in dota has this plus 100 attack speed talent at level 20 which means that carry maiden is a thing like it's never the way most people are going to play it but it sits there and it was deliberately added they could have given her two support talents but they gave her this crazy machine gun talent but i think that we're talking about two different things then I, I was only speaking to i guess the intent behind the way the game is balanced to maintain the intent with dota patches to me always appears to be to at least throw things into disarray and provide more opportunities for surprising upset within that meta. To I re- think yeah. that that is fair, and there is there has always been more scope with Dota characters to be flexible picks yeah. than with, for example, League, right? Mm. But I would say that there is still, you know, it's it's not as if you get to do anything in that sand it's not a sandbox right yeah i I tell you what you mean like it's it's only going to be within the template there is still an idea of laning right it's It's not necessarily the 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 way that you apportion that is always the same and it's not necessarily that you know like oh suddenly we've got three junglers and that's interesting you know like that that could be that's the nature of learning anything like you you know Mm. when you don't know it like anything seems possible yeah like i see what you mean like space narrows down the like the game is ultimately about pulling experience and gold from various sources and um that's an absolute like and there are a finite number of them and they are varying degrees of efficient so lanes are the most efficient and somebody's are. going to be assigned to the lanes and you're yeah going to be playing the same yeah like but. you don't have to go to the lanes but you you kind of do like you know and that's that's sort of core to the game's design i do i do appreciate that like yeah there's a there's a there's a limit on how radical your approach can be and, uh, but it's more so than most mobiles. But it's, yeah, it's, like, it's mm. Call of yeah. Duty, you're running about. But that's what I was kind of getting at. It's like, what if, things. you know, in that first flush of this thing existing, people had decided that, you know, the optimum way to play it was to have, you know, somebody who was in a lane for f- the first three waves and then swapped, to the, you know, like as yeah. in to have everybody being, you know, swapping between different things at all points yeah, yeah. right like having sort of pathways that you follow from lane to jungle to lane to whatever and just sort of having mm. that as the the dominant thing and you know laning not existing per se i just find that as an interesting kind yeah, of yeah certainly thought certainly see what you mean so but yeah. yeah um but yeah do we answer the question probably if you'd like to send us a question you can do so by emailing us the questions at creatingcrowbar.com. You can also tweet us at creatingcrowbar, which is where we are on Twitter, isn't it? Mm. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash creatingcrowbar. And as ever, this podcast and its spin-offs are supported by our Patreon. Uh, you can find details about 
funding the pods uh, at patreon.com forward slash create and crowbar and we are very appreciative of everybody who currently does so thank you very much Yay, grateful indeed <laughs> very much both Step it up. Both of the great. both yeah. of the big fancy thanks words, but also thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Um, if you would like to follow us as individuals online on the internet, uh, connect to me. <laughs> connect to my at, internet presence at uh, my ICQ is <laughs> Twitter dot com forward slash C Thurston. That's C T H U R S T E N. Pip. I am more likely to be on Instagram now, so you better like pictures of Beatles. <laughs> I am at Philippa War, which is P H I L I P P A W A R. Alex. I am online on the Twitter. <laughs> how <laughs> does someone my homepage. How does <laughs> someone surf to your hyperspace? Well Cyberspace. Slash, Hyperlinks. Slash, hit the slash. And then it's R-O-T-A-T-I-O-N-A-L. That's rotational. Rotational.angelfire.com. Yeah, yeah. No, GeoCities. Yeah. Uh, I miss that internet. Yeah, it was the best internet. Um, Live journal. Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah. We talked about E3. Happy E3, everyone. That feels like a while ago. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Catch you next year. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening, everybody. everybody.